hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, this is a podcast. You're what's good, folks. I appreciate you for tuning in to another episode of this a podcast. This is the show where I, Mech Show, sit down with some of the most talented, hardworking, forward-thinking individuals that I know across all kinds of different industries. Um, I know people in music, arts, sciences, business. Um, I like to sit down with these people and just uh, get a really good understanding of how they got so good at what they do, how they maintain um, their skills, not even just maintain, but also improve upon their skills in their career and in their personal lives. Um, A little bit more about me. I am a content creator. And I also run a family business uh, full time. Uh, Those are the two things that I do literally seven days a week, um, 24 hours a day. So within that, I like to talk about a lot of business building, um, personal development, growth, things like that. Uh, So that's usually the scope or the frame of the conversation. But, you know. These things tend to go anywhere. Uh, As a content creator, I produce this podcast. I also produce a few other podcasts that you can find on itsnation.com and not just podcasts, web shows. We got something for everybody, man. If you're into sports, we got Sporty Life TV, web series hosted by my homies, Surgeon Theo Kona, who are uh, football coaches at John F. Kennedy High School. We also have a podcast called The Final Third, hosted by my boy Phil Nana, who is also a head coach, but at uh, Montgomery College, he coaches the uh, he's the head coach of the women's soccer team there. We also got the Bounce Back podcast, hosted by my girl Maylee Smittig. She is a yoga instructor, and her podcast is all about using yoga as a tool for um, resiliency and bouncing back. So she's talking to yoga instructors. She's talking to yogis. She's even talking to just everyday people who are committed to the yoga lifestyle. So that's dope. We got Live from the Back Seat hosted by my girl, Simone Mitchum, um, another talented individual on the team. So yeah, man, we got a whole bunch of things going on on itsnation.com. So definitely check that out. And also, if you, yes, you listening are interested in starting a podcast or have had ideas for a podcast but don't know where to start, uh, reach out to me, man. I'm always down to help people get their thing off the ground. Um, This a podcast at gmail.com. You can hit me there and we can, you know, I'm saying definitely get the wheels in motion for all that. But, um, yeah. Definitely after this podcast, you know what I'm saying, listen to this first, and then go ahead and step on over to isnation.com and see what else we got going on over there. Got my dog, Fouad Safe, on tap today. Welcome hey. to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you coming through, man. Um, I've been seeing what you've been doing with your content, like I told you before, and definitely excited to like have you on here and get into that a little bit. Um I'm kind of like getting back in the habit myself. This is my first episode of 2020 there recording. You know okay. what I'm saying? So I feel like I'm getting back in the swing of things because yeah. we're already in February. Minor comeback for major comeback. Yeah, That's straight up. Minor setback for major comeback. Um, how's the beginning of the year been for you so far? Pretty good, man. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, every time you get to a new year, you set goals for yourself. You know, I tried to set things into like increments of like three months. Okay. So like really, quarter by quarter type yeah, shit. Quarter yeah, quarter by quarter. Yeah. So just kind of doing things that are attainable, measurable, mm-hmm. and you know, things that give you like that that confidence, that boost to For keep sure. you pushing. For sure. Yeah. And that's a good way of putting it. I think yeah. um kind of compartmentalizing like the year so that you 
hit targets. You know what right, I'm saying? Like right. sometimes people set these big audacious goals. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you can't even get started. Right. It's yeah, just yeah. so like you know that it's like that to do list that yeah. every time you look at it, it just gives you anxiety. Yeah, you're like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like you don't even get the first step. You yeah, know what I'm saying? It's like where do, where I, do start? I start? You know what I'm saying? You know, so die starts Monday touch. <laughs> yeah, straight up, straight up. Um, yeah. But before we even get into it, I want to kind of set up context for the conversation. So oh, okay. let people know like who you are, what you do, whether it's like creatively profession, however you yeah. want people to view you okay. the, the listeners right, right, right. like let people know who you are and what you do hey man yo so my name is Fuad Safe. Mm-hmm. i've been a resident of maryland for the majority of my life uh creatively i enjoy writing so i got into you know starting to publish some of my blogs uh about a couple years ago mm-hmm. started to gain some traction i uh, really enjoy it i kind of got into writing um <clears throat> as a therapeutic outlet really just yeah my personal life was going through a lot of life changes and uh growing up i never really had access to good listeners so um i always felt like i couldn't really be heard and i felt like you know what i found through writing and literature was you know being able to write kind of serves as like the perfect listener because it never interrupts you it doesn't like <laughs> question you know your point of view doesn't dismiss how you feel and it just just lets you talk Facts. Right. So no, facts. that's kind of how I got into it and, you know, really kind of rekindled my love for literature because I always loved reading when I was young. Yeah. And as I got older, I kind of went away from it. You know, circle of friends there weren't really like too big. To hey, man, you read that book last week? Like, you know what I'm saying? No. Not, niggas are talking yeah, right? about like, what'd you read last week, bro? You yeah. know what I'm saying? I feel I, that. I was feel it that. for school? Okay. Then yeah, no. straight up. <laughs> hell yeah. yeah. Like, if, I didn't do no reading for, if I, it wasn't for school. Facts. I barely did that reading. Right. You know we I mean? all been there. Yeah. yeah. So just getting back into that and then, um, I speak on the same like line of therapy. I mean, I've always loved comedy. Like, I think the first thing that I've, the first time I was introduced to comedy was uh, through the Chappelle show. Yeah. Back in 05. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember watching it on DVD. That's a long time ago, guys. Hell yeah. That's DVD. Please explain to people what that is. That's yeah. a little disc that you yeah. put into your TV. It's a little like, CD. Yeah, straight you up. Insert it. Sometimes if it doesn't work, you got to have to blow on it. You got to take it out. You, gotta, you know what I'm saying? Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It has a scratch, it's crazy, how, it's crazy how fast time moves or like how fast technology moves, yeah, bro. Man. Like it's really crazy how like now we, it's crazy because DVDs weren't even a thing when we were born. You know what I'm oh, saying? They were so brand new when we started man. using them. Now they're like obsolete damn yeah, near. It's, it's crazy. It's like about, a four or five, six year span, bro. It's crazy. Uh, it's just about, you know, I remember when we used to go to Blockbuster to yeah, rent movies. Yeah, I remember tapes. Yeah, <laughs> like I remember VHSs, bro. Man, I know we're kind of giving our age right I now. I know, but. straight up dating ourselves <laughs> for sure. But but yeah, man, it's just, it's just technology just moves yeah. at such a rapid pace. And, yeah. you know, in five years from now, 2025, like who knows who what's going to be Talking out into there. microphones is going to be crazy. Right. It's going to be like, you're podcasting with a microphone? Right. What the fuck? <laughs> but um, it's, it's, bro, I, I'm so glad that you, uh, I, I kind of want to start with the comedy thing because um, i'm a huge fan of comedy too bro and not even just like i like a good joke here and there Mm -hmm. like it's like i I really study um stand up and like comedy and stuff like that um i don't think i'm good at it but it's like i have a very big respect for that art form and that craft you know what i mean and literally some of my favorite human beings are comedians you know what i'm saying because i honestly think bro that some of the top comedians are some of the smartest thinkers. Of course. Like, it's really interesting. Like, some of my favorite people just, to, like, are, like, Dave Chappelle, like you said. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Larry, Larry David. Larry David uh, Chris Rock. Like, these are the people that, like, 
they're just smart as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, you listen to them talk outside of trying to be funny. Yo. They're very intelligent. You know what I'm saying? I, so, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to say that I, I really resonate. And honestly, it was seeing you do that that made me think, like, what the fuck is this nigga up to? No, because, like, honestly, like, I have so much respect for... I kind of want to break down one how you got into it, but like okay. I just, I just got to say that like I just have so much respect really for like the craft of it, you know what I'm saying? So I'm really interested in knowing yeah. how you even got to doing that, bro. I know I know writing it can get you there, but yeah. like the performance of it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have all of that, you know what I mean? And I've only seen a couple of clips out there, but yeah, mm-hmm. I want to know like how you got into it and why. So just to kind of build off the the point that you mentioned, I think one of the biggest telltales of like a really successful comic is a person that can teach you while they're making you laugh Mm -hmm. right so like Chappelle when he's getting up there and you know talking and performing you're laughing but he's also teaching you stuff about life that you weren't aware of yeah right like he's a really good teacher yeah and it's like he'll throw a joke in there like like it's so subtle and then you're just like what the fuck like I, i mean just and and it's just such a it's such a unique form of art because comedy in itself is just so subjective, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Something that could be funny to you could be just really whack and corny to the next person. Yeah, so to be able to like, for me personally, the comedy that really resonates with me is that which is relatable. So like all the stuff that I write, that I currently write the material is like real life scenarios that have happened to me that I find humor in, mm-hmm. right? Like I'll give you a little snippet. The, the other day I was uh, picking up my mom uh from her house right and i was listening to a podcast and the podcast intro was a jay-z song and she was like she thought i was listening to a song she was like man turn that that nonsense yeah, off yeah. you know you know immigrant parents they just don't really yeah, they rock. don't get it yeah they don't get it <laughs> and she's like turn that crap off i was like mom chill like it's a podcast intro number one and number two you're not finna disrespect hove <laughs> in my car <laughs> you're not you're not finna disrespect jay-z Straight in up. my car Straight up. and then she's like huh I'm like, Jay-Z, yeah, Sean Carter, allow me to reintroduce myself. (laughs) And then she's like, who? I said, Ma, you don't know Jay-Z? And then she looks at me. She's like, oh, you're talking about Beyonce's husband. That's how she knows Right? And I'm like, wow. Like, that's how you know Jay-Z. Yeah, like, you know him as Beyonce's (laughs) husband. But see, that's funny. But, you know, like, those, those kind of things, like, when you're, when my brain was switched on, to like, you know, really taking stuff in mm-hmm. like that. That's something immediately when that happened, like I got home when we got to the crib, Material. I just, I just typed that down. I just yeah. put that in my phone. That's very interesting too, yeah. because I think, um, I mean, that's what all the great comics do. Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's what, that's what content is. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. content is really just being able to take things that happen to you and mm-hmm. kind of put it out there in story form or in a way where people can receive it. But mm-hmm. like, what's very difficult is putting it in a way that people can receive it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. cause things have funny things happen to me all the time. Like everybody's life really has like funny shit in it. You know what I'm saying? And like sad shit. Cause like, Absolutely. there's all kinds of different kinds of content out there. There's yeah. horror shit. There's like uh, sad, Drama, there's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? All that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's all just drawn off of people's experiences, but yeah. it's putting it, it's packaging it in a way where people can, receive it you know what i'm saying like the reason so one of my favorite comedians out there is larry david and him and jerry seinfeld together something that they do so well bro is take like the nuances of life yeah and show it to you i mean if you you think about the show seinfeld there's no plot to the show no plot 
It's literally like things that just happen. happen. Like, yeah, you know four people living in in, uh, in Manhattan. It makes no sense, bro. But it's like so. It's the funniest shit you'll ever see because it's yeah, it's, up, it's yeah. so spot on. Yeah. Like it's so spot on with how like it's just nuances of everyday. Like there was a whole episode when they were just in a restaurant waiting for a table. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I, and like I, I it's, just, that it's just it's just conversation, and then the funny conversations, and then like little instances where you know a family that they think came in after them gets seated before right. them, and then that's a whole thing. You <laughs> like know what I mean? Ten like, minutes, they're just kind of harping on the fact that it's yeah. really crazy. So I want to know, like, how did so like how do you or or I guess maybe how have you learned how to take what has happened to you and structure it into jokes and stuff like so that. So to be honest with you, man, I am starting off on this. Like that, the one that I posted onto my Instagram, mm-hmm. that was my third time performing stand-up Please, period. Her, let's let's take a little like a half a step back. Yeah. What made you go up on stage? Or like how did you get that opportunity? Because I feel like I was like I met you maybe a year and a half ago or so. Just right um, around doing, a year ago um, doing we, Phil's podcast. Yep, like right around a year. I started following you from that time. Yeah. And when you were talking about you were doing the writing, I saw like you were actually and what's crazy is you were you said on I think either on that episode itself or afterwards when we were talking, you said like, yeah, I'm about to I'm about to launch my blog. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then People say that all the time. So, like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I just heard that and I was of like, okay, you whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, okay, yeah, whatever. Course, but then I see you, like, yeah. you, you you put a couple things out there and people really resonated with it. You got, like, a lot of good, um, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, feedback, at least from what I saw, like, in your comments and everything like that. And then, literally, the next thing I know, you're on a stage telling jokes. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> how did this happen? You know what I'm saying? Because, again, yeah. I have so much respect for that art form sure, yeah. that it's like, when I see people do that, I'm instantly intrigued. Yeah. So, like, how did you end up on a stage the first time? So it's funny, like I've always like anybody who like knows me from time knows like I like to make jokes. I've always talked about like I watch stand up all the time and I always I had it within myself like, yo, I, I want to just try it out one time. You mm-hmm. know, I love it so much. Like I'll be at work, you know, sometimes if it's, if I have downtime, I'm just watching random people do stand up. Like I like to watch the greats and we'll get into, you know, our top yeah, five. Yeah. But like I just like seeing random people and just kind of like just taking little bits and yeah. pieces of, of, of kind of, you know, nuances and tricks and all that from them so i was speaking to a friend of mine i think in september and i was like yo bro i really want to try stand up but i'm trying to figure out like i don't know if i'm ready for a comedy club yet like i'm a rookie and he was like hey there's this uh organization they have open mics for like people that want to do poetry and like spoken word and stuff why don't you just try it out there because you know that'll be a much less you know in you know intense less pressure crowd. and yeah, stuff like that you know that. what i'm saying it's just it's just an open mic you know do what you're going to do so i was like all right cool so First time I did it was in October and I, it went okay. Like, you know, I had some decent feedback and then they told me to come out again in November. And then there was a showcase that happened recently in February, like earlier this month. Mm-hmm. So that was my third time. So and they, that was the one that you put on YouTube. Yeah. That was okay. what I put on YouTube. That Like they invited me, they said, Hey, you know, we'd like to see you perform. So I just prepared some material and then just went up there and did it. How long did it take you to prepare the material? Um, so I've had material written in my phone for like a brick. So when I started like saying like I really want to start stand up, that's when I started writing. Probably like maybe seven, eight months ago. Okay. So for each of the time, I just kind of went through what I already had and just just kind of refined it to like fit like a five a five minute like skit. Yeah. Yeah. That's super dope, bro. Yeah. So like what were you thinking about when you first did it? Like, because I think something that uh 
is common amongst human beings is yeah. when we try something new for the first time, whether we're excited about it or not, like mm-hmm. there's nerves and there's oh, like all types sure. of shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what one bro, like just the fortitude to like, I'm going to do it and then actually do it. Like, mm-hmm. did you feel any kind of like hesitation or anything? Or like, did you have any kind of self doubt or anything like that? The thing was for me, I wanted to <clears throat> prove to myself that I can, I can do it. So like, I've always kind of prided myself on being able to step out of my comfort zone and do and try new things. Okay, right? so and that's just, part of your like life. You step out of your comfort zone. It's yeah, not something like, that you that's to, something like yeah. I've never been like growing up. I was shy, but I was never afraid to do things that were out out of the ordinary mm-hmm. per se. Right. Mm-hmm. So this kind of just fell into that, and I was like, you know, for 2020, I really do want to. Um, I want to perform stand up. Right. I want to I want to actually like perform it and get better at it and just do it regularly. So, I, you know, I, I want to be able to take it to a place where, you know, I'm doing it regularly at comedy clubs. And to be honest, I never want to kind of box myself into being a comedian a, because I have respect for the art form, mm-hmm. the craft. I understand people really dedicate their whole lives to it and their time and energy. And I understand for me, I just want to do it as another healthy just outlet as mm-hmm. a hobby. I'm mm-hmm. not really looking to monetize from it or anything. I just want to keep it fresh and organic and just just have fun with it for yeah. So, yeah, that's just kind of, I was just like, yo, just prove it to yourself that you can do it. And I just got up there and, and did it. I mean, I've always been comfortable with public speaking, mm-hmm. um, just being involved in my community and stuff. So that aspect, I didn't have nerves with that aspect. But in terms of like, you know, when you're delivering content and people are not receiving it or if they don't like it, that's that, that was the, the anxiety. Yeah, that I was like, like oh, what if I, I hope they think I'm funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I hope, it, I hope it sticks with them. And yeah. there are a couple of stuff that it didn't stick. And yeah. then I just realized, hey, you just got to move on to the next one. Facts, and just facts. Keep it moving. Yeah, that's really interesting, bro. And I'm, I'm wondering, so what did you kind of like learn, I guess, um, in the first few times that you've done it, like that you'll kind of like take with you into the next, you know what I'm saying? Um, definitely just pacing. Um, I know the first time I tried to rush through all of my material, I didn't kind of like let it build. I was getting laughs and, you know, good responses, but I didn't like, you know, I didn't just have the right, the timing was a bit off. And then the second time that got better. Um, so I think timing is the number one thing. And then just, um, you know, building up to a punchline right mm-hmm. you never want to like you kind of want to have them a, a good pun I, I read once that a good punchline is one that you don't expect so yeah you know what i'm saying just to kind of build it up slowly and slowly until yeah. the end when the anticipation comes and then you facts you know, you and you know it. what's funny bro i think that's what <clears throat> i think that's what dave Chappelle's so good at um because yeah. we talked about him he like his punchlines come out of nowhere you know what i'm saying like he'll be literally like teaching you something bro like teaching you something and then like you would say i remember he did that in one of his most recent stand-ups he did um that bill cosby bit when he was talking about like how like um like Martin Luther King did this and yeah. then something, 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 Barack Obama. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That he was like, that he was like, and in that time, Bill Clinton raped 40 women. You know what I'm saying? Like he was like, that's a lot of rapes. And I was just like, damn, that's crazy. Cause like he was talking about like all this black history stuff and yeah, then just threw that in there. And it was like out of nowhere. But right. he does stuff like that all the time. Like yep. where he'll just kind of like come out of nowhere with a punchline and it'll just like have you rolling I, I mean think about just just to talk about him for i mean i'm from silver spring maryland so yeah, he is the facts. pride and joy Bro, of silver I'm, spring I'm so maryland happy that, like dave Chappelle and martin they're like are like maryland dudes maryland, you know what i'm saying you know so for me he is i'm gonna be biased he yeah. is my greatest of all no, time i think he's the greatest of all time as well like i mean the Chappelle show was ahead of its time yeah yeah we wouldn't have changed the game bro, bro we wouldn't have 
uh, Get Out, and mm-hmm. we wouldn't have us without yeah, Dave Chappelle because up. Dave Chappelle heavily influenced Jordan uh, Peele. Yeah, let's be <laughs> yeah. honest. Kim I Peele. mean, I th- honestly, I think he heavily influenced a lot of motherfuckers, though, bro. Like Dave, Ch- I, it's crazy. Did you see when he got the uh, Mark Twain yep. prize? Yeah, yeah. like. Yeah. It was crazy to see like all the people that, you know what I'm saying, did sets for him at that, um, like at his award. It's crazy. Like, I didn't even know that that was happening. I saw it like on YouTube, on YouTube like three, yeah. four days yeah, later, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Which is yeah. crazy because I wish I would have saw it live. Dude, you know what he, I mean? He had a he had a private performance at the DC Improv right after. Yeah. And I saw like a little clip of that. You know like, what I'm saying? I was which like, is crazy. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. I killed to be in that Yeah, room. It's crazy. Have you seen any, um, have you seen anybody live? Have you gone yeah. to any comedy shows? I went to Ari Spears show in December. Oh, okay. Live. That was that was pretty good. Yeah, like that was it was good to see a, a real professional. Like, yeah, Hell he yeah. went for ninety minutes straight. Yeah, and yeah. he and he's been in the game for a long time. Oh, like he's very <laughs> like TV low key, bro. He's very low yeah. key. We talked about. Um, well, I kind of want to stay on the um, performances side. I I recently saw uh, like Lil Duval, Martin. Martin did. Um, he's going like on tour with like a bunch of comedians. Okay, so I was able to go see that. Lil Duval was there, who's an, a guy that I love. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I, I'm not like. So familiar with his stand up, but seeing him do stand up was cool because he mm-hmm. was actually really good. Okay, but I, I kind of just follow like his content and yeah, I, I really yeah. like the way he thinks and like how he like the types of jokes he's into. Mm-hmm. But I saw him, I saw Chris Rock, which was really dope. One of my top five. Yeah, I saw Chris Rock, which was really dope. Um, I think at the MGM, I saw Aziz Ansari at the end at the MGM. But I'm also trying to hit up like small comedy clubs. That's not something yeah. that I really do. Like I, I haven't been to the DC Improv and just like watched nah, random it, uh, random people go up there. You know what I mean? Nah, but I do. Yeah. On Netflix, I will hit up just like a random, a random no name stand up special yeah, that they have on there because sure. I love like the art form and there's I love just dude, to see um, how people put jokes together. There's a dude from uh, from Silver Spring too. His name is Martin Amini. He's uh, he's from the area. He's mm-hmm. in between DC and LA. He he's at the Improv a lot. He's yeah. he's he's super funny. Like man. worth going to go see. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Like, he has a lot of. Yeah, shows. I was gonna ask you. Um, <clears throat> Who are some of your like favorite comics? We already can agree on Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, yeah. yeah. Um, who else you got? So this is in no particular order. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right. So um, Chris Rock is up there. Eddie Murphy. No, no explanation needed. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac is one of Bro, my it's favorites. Funny. It's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned Eddie Murphy because like early in my life, I wasn't such a big fan of Eddie, mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just think I wasn't mature enough to it, get yeah, him. Yeah, you, you have to be mature to understand and the same, stuff. And the same was with Bernie Mac, but I I was just watching Def, uh, uh, Kings of Comedy like two days ago. Bernie Mac is so funny, Hilarious, dog. Like, man. But, he, but he's got like his... His, I think what's funny about him is like his delivery. Like he, like he is a funny guy. He's you know very what I mean? animated, man. Very I love, animated. I love animated people, man. It's, it's, it's funny because like I, like I said, I don't consider myself a comedian, but like one of the biggest comedic inspirations that I have in my life is my grandmother. My grandmother really? is a comedian. Really? Like, <laughs> she is so funny. And she's one of those people. She doesn't try to yeah, be funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it's you know just somebody's in her funny. nature. Facts. Just the way that her witty responses and her like slick comebacks. Yeah. And, you know, it's just hilarious. And I showed her a clip of my thing. I was like, yo, grandma, like, yo, check me out. I was on this thing. And she was into it. Mind yeah. you, she doesn't understand English. Oh, really? She doesn't understand <laughs> English, right? Yeah. So she was watching. She was into it. She was like, okay, I see you. Yeah. And then I kid you not, she goes into like a five minute impromptu skit 
of like she's just like saying you know back in the back in my day i used to go to places and then they used to be like this and that and she goes into like a five minute like literally monologue where she's yeah. like going back and forth and she kind of was like all right nigga like you might be a little funny but yeah. remember like i'm the real <laughs> straight up nah, that's hard that's hard so and i was like i was like yo i need to record this but i was like this is too organic just in the, just, in the moment just enjoy the yeah, moment just enjoy dude. taking like, it in it's funny too because something too that i when i was watching your stand-up um, that I noticed is like, like I found myself just like kind of like smiling and laughing even when you weren't like telling jokes. And the reason that was was because you were really like the room that you were in was really vibing with you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I think that's a big part of doing yeah. stand up. Like half of the time, so like I can watch a, I can watch a whole stand up special and not not laugh once and yeah. be like that was good. Like right. I understood the jokes. I right. understood how they got from A to B to C and all that type of stuff. And like the like the crowd control. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's a big part of it. Like is the crowd rocking with you? Yeah, you know what I'm no. saying? Like that's what I kind of like noticed when with, oh. that you had. You know what I'm saying? No. Which is super dope. If you've only been doing, like, if you only your third time, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. Is that something that you're aware of, you're conscious of? Well, the thing was, like, I, so this, after the second time, I realized that I really have to get a feel for the crowd because. I, I said a couple of jokes in my thought my mind I thought they were brilliant Hilarious, yeah. but it didn't stick with them because I didn't get a read I didn't get a good feel for the crowd so mm-hmm. like before I went up I made or like when I got there I made it a point to just take a quick scan of the room to kind of see the potential people because like in my mind I always have like you know backups so I'm like okay if this person is really vibing with it let me try to have it back and forth with them or if that table seems like you know it's a predominantly male or female table then maybe this joke will really hit with them so like like on the one that I posted, you know, about guys and, you know what I'm saying, just being consistent with yeah. women, I saw it was like a, a bunch of guys just sitting at one table and they were really laughing. So I'm like, okay, I know y'all can relate to this because I'm sure, you know, y'all, all y'all go through this. So that was something that it was kind of somewhat prepared, but some of it was off the cuff. Yeah. Like I didn't, pre- I didn't plan to call them out. It just kind of, I just facts. saw and I just. And another it. thing that you did in that one that I think is, uh, Super good. And I, I I feel like this is a tactic. You tell me. But when you ask people, like, do you feel what I'm saying in the sense yeah. of like you were like, one thing I know about women is they love consistency. And then right. like a couple of shorties in the crowd were like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you were like, make some noise yeah. if you feel right. me. No, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, yeah, which is. is like, yeah. You, you, you know got to get the crowd on. I mean, because that was a showcase, right? Yeah. So it was a competition. So I'm like, all right, I, I'm competing. I want to win. I want to, you know, I want to leave. I want the crowd to be like, yo, I really like that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it resonated with me. So of course you you have to, you know, play to the crowd as yeah. well. Yeah, that was it's, dope. it's all stuff that I'm learning. Like, like I said, I'm green by my ears. I'm just going with the flow, just taking it every day at a time. Yeah. And um, we kind of talked about the writing you were doing. Uh, I guess you're still doing the writing yeah. that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that like helped you? I guess because I don't know when 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 I met you uh, the first time on Phil's podcast. Had you been writing, or were you like about to start? Like, I, when I would you say already, you've been? Okay, you, I was like, already writing at that point. Yeah. I was probably a year in, mm-hmm. so I was. But again, it was a completely different content. It was, yeah, strictly it was more just like therapeutic blogs. material. Yeah, type just stuff. Blogs, yeah. a lot of personal self reflection stuff. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't no, no, no comedy really. Okay, so I guess in your mind, is there a shift that happens when you write or is it is writing writing for you? Like, no, there's definitely a shift. Uh-huh. I think, um, with comedic writing, um, like you said, it's just about being aware of stuff that happens that in your day or like, like I have material. So I have another, uh, I have another show that I'm doing on the seventh. It's like another open mic. So I kind of already have an idea of what I want to talk about. 
And now it's just a point of like, okay, just refining little small material, like details here and there. And if that stuff comes to my mind, it's just pull up my phone and just, you know, write it down. And then I'll go back and practice it in the mirror. And then, you know, I got a, a good friend of mine that I kind of just go through my material with and he gives me like some good feedback and stuff. But it's definitely a shift because when I do other like other writing, so currently I'm also writing a, um, uh, a fictional miniseries. Okay. Right? Uh, it's called Surviving the Cycle. It's it's really it's really dedicated to my mom, just kind of telling her story through the lens of 21st century, like, you know, living in America. So that writing is a lot more like, I don't want to say dark, but like I'm not really in a in a joyful mood. It's kind of it's like, like heavier. It's a, it's a lot more deep. It's a lot more stoic. It's a lot more, you know, just really lasered focused. And so I gotta go to a coffee shop. I gotta get my I gotta get my espresso shots and I really have to just block everything out mm -hmm. but comedic stuff like that that writing can happen any like i'm stuck in traffic i'm watching tv you know what i'm saying i'm kicking it with my son like if it just comes to me and then you know i just i just pull out and and, and just write it yeah mm -hmm. um i want to ask you when you did it um the first few times and like posted about it and just kind of like in general with uh with your blog and with this like were you surprised at the reception that you got because i'm looking at your comments and like people are loving it you know what i mean mm -hmm. like did that surprise you at all or like were you it kind did of, i'm not okay. gonna lie like especially with the comedy because like i know comedians you know what i'm saying i know people that like their whole page is dedicated to comedy oh, really? and they put in they put out content and i'm not i'm not i'm not on that level mm -hmm. at all but like those are the people that get really, really, you know, positive feedback. And I was just like, yo, let me just share this just to be like, it's more so like, hey, I if I can try to do something, maybe this can inspire someone else to try something that they've always wanted to do. Try something new. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just just putting yourself out there and just just trying new things. Yeah. But I was I was surprised. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's very interesting too, because I feel like um we're in a we're in a day and age where like anybody can show off any kind of like creative, yes. any kind of creative muscle. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, with social media and stuff like that, we can share whatever we want. And yeah. I think, I think what really strikes me about what you're doing that I think is really dope is that with stand up comedy, that's, an art form that you don't just see everyone jumping into. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, Anyone can pick up a camera and now they're a photographer. Yeah, and they'll call themselves one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like they'll, they'll start taking, they'll start, they'll start posting pictures on Instagram and be like, "This is what I am." Or you know what I'm saying? They'll they'll grab a microphone and now they're a singer or a rapper or a yeah. podcaster even. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't see so many people just jumping out there and getting on stage and doing stand up comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think, like is that something that you've noticed at all? Or yeah, because I, I like I've no like when I when I started and you know there are a couple people like yo why don't you just start making like funny skits on yeah, online yeah, yeah. Or, like you know on Instagram and I was like you know I also I'm I like to think that I'm pretty self aware of myself like. I don't think that that's my lane just because like I said, I don't want to box myself into just being a comedian because I also enjoy acting. Like mm -hmm. I love being in character. So I, that's something I know I want to try in the future. I want to try acting, you know? Um, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to go down that route. I kind of just want to keep being looked at as goofy all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I want, you know, I want people to take me Not seriously. Facts, facts. You know? And you do a lot of serious writing. Yeah. So like, you know what I'm saying? So stand up is really just kind of like, it's like the icing on the cake mm -hmm. type of thing. It's like a little extra, you know, it's like a nice little tangent. But like, you know, writing is something that I genuinely enjoy at my core. Yeah. So I think um, I would, in the best interest of advancing that, I wouldn't want to try to get into a lane where I know like, you know, 
that in order to do that, anything that you want to do when it comes to success, you got to put in a lot of time. A lot of work. And, you know, me, myself, having a lot of responsibilities and other priorities, I don't have the time to dedicate hours and hours a day on social mm-hmm. media. No, facts, so, facts. And like uh, what it takes in making all those skits and producing right. all that content and stuff, right. stuff like that. Yep. And, I, and it's very interesting because I feel like with comedy stuff, um, or at least what you see like on IG and stuff like that, <clears throat> Those people are like putting out a lot because, again, you never know like what's going to resonate with with someone. So it's like I feel like with comedians, that's that's the lane where you see people like doing like three, four a day or like, you know what I'm saying? Like like heavy, heavy loads. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, that's very interesting. I do want to kind of like take a giant step back a little bit. Um, what, What was your childhood like? Like what type of stuff were you into when you were a kid? Um, man, pre- predominantly sports, yeah. soccer. Uh, I, li- I grew up here and I spent some time in Egypt. Was lived there for about five years. So, Where soccer. Were you born? I was born here. Oh, okay, I was born here. Funny enough, like I was born. So I'm from Somalia. You know, we're Muslim, mm-hmm. and I was my mom's first child. And I remember there's a picture of me being put in a stocking. Like the nurses came to my mom. They were like, "Oh my god, your son was born on Christmas." Were you? Yeah. Oh, my birthday wow. is December 25th. Like, this is a gift from God. We just <laughs> had to put him in a stocking. Like, I know you can thank us later. And she's, <laughs> and she, and she's like, no, no. <laughs> I, thank you. No, we Muslim. We, no, thank you. <laughs> Take my kid out of Take that damn stocking. <laughs> Straight up. I don't know why I gave my mom an accent. I mean, she's lived here for 40 years. Came <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> It's just funnier, you know. It's straight up. It's just <laughs> but yeah, so I was born here, man. Stayed here until I was like ten, and then my mom decided to move us to live in Egypt. Um, what was that like? How long were you there for? Dude, I was there for five years, man. Wow. Yeah, ten man. to fifteen. That's 10 a to... crucial age, too. But yo, I think that was the right age because, like, I know for a fact, hey, I love all my nephews and nieces that are in middle school, but I can't stand kids in middle school, yo. Nah. Those are the most defiant. That's the, yeah. the most defiant age. Yeah range yeah. ever it's know? like when you just start talking shit like you just start to like you i, I feel Pump like your chest I feel, out yeah i feel like kids at that age they try to test are, you yeah like they think they're like don't get me started with high school like high school you think you're grown and you just oh. don't even listen to adults but like right. middle school you think you're grown but you still are like asking adults for stuff because you yeah. are de- like you're super dependent on adults you know what I'm saying? Yeah. so you're still like I need a ride here, but yeah. you're like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, like I was such an asshole in middle school. Right? Like, like, how does that like, make where's sense? my dinner? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, such an asshole is crazy. I need ten dollars for lunch. Yeah, straight up. Like, 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 I need this. Like, yeah. I need this. Give it to me. Yeah. So crazy. So, like, growing up in Egypt, what was that like? Because I know, like, like American kids are like that. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm not so sure about like kids all, all over the world. Because you know, a lot of other cultures, mm-hmm. respect is such a big part of, of it. Course. You know? I mean, so like yeah, yeah. kids couldn't do that even if they wanted to. You know nah, what I'm saying? Nah. So like, was that like what your corporal punishment like? is very, very heavily encouraged up, over there? Straight up. So a lot of the nonsense and the disrespect is not it doesn't tolerated. Fly. It doesn't no, fly. No. So like, what was your experience um, growing up in Egypt like? Well, man, it was a love hate relationship. To be honest with you, man, I the first year and a half, I hated it. Just wanted to go back home. Just wanted to go back home. The culture shock. I didn't know the language. Um, being a black kid amongst Arabs who live in africa but don't consider themselves to be african is very very hard to navigate yeah 
Um, so yeah, you know, you you receive a lot of overt racism like in your face. Yeah. Like we don't like you because, because, it's because not, you're um, black. Because like like here it's not culturally acceptable to be racist. No, <laughs> like you yet. can be racist, but like we're, you got you gotta hide it. You we're, know we're, I mean? we're past racism. Yeah, straight up. We had a black president. Yeah, straight up. You know what I'm saying? But like in in other places around the world, uh, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You no. know what I mean? Like everyone, is, yeah. everyone. It's. I think people are more blatant with whatever their opinion right. is. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. I mean, because again, America is, is such a different country to where, like, you know, there we have multiple ethnicities. I know other countries have obviously multiple ethnicities, mm-hmm. but you know, most you countries be, are dominated by a ethnicity or an ethnicity. You know correct, what I'm saying? Correct. So it's like you're obviously an outsider, even mm-hmm. though I mean, Egyptians. There are a lot of Egyptians that are darker than me, right? That are like. Like that live in Aswan and Nubia, and like in the North Sudan area, because Egypt and Sudan was our, they were all one country before you know colonialism happened. Mm-hmm. But, but um, but yeah, like that was the hardest thing to navigate, just to, just to not being accepted and obviously not speaking the language. And funny enough, I mean, soccer, football, like that was the one thing that I had in common. Like that was the one thing that helped me gain the street cred and the respect from my classmates, because like. Yeah, I didn't understand the language, but I could play. Yeah. So like, you know, that's how I kind of gained their respect. And as I got better at language in school and stuff, you know, then then after like year three or four, I really started to enjoy it because I was, had a lot more freedom. I could go anywhere I wanted to go. I, yeah. I knew the language. I could speak like a local. Then I met other, you know, Somali, other kids that were came from America, from Canada, from Europe, like all over the world. Yeah. So we had that to connect with and bond over. So like a lot of those tribe. Yeah, a lot of those people like I still keep in contact to to this day. Yeah. You know, those those friendships that we formed during those times were were memorable. Do you know what made your mom want to move you guys to um Egypt? Well, she kind of just wanted to like she she kind of had like an epiphany or awakening of, of her own. She really wanted to like, you know, learn about our religion and culture and, and language. Like she was really big on learning Arabic. Mm-hmm. Um and so she she made a decision for for us to move with her yeah. over there and to be honest with you, like I have a son, he's almost 4. And I know like how much it benefited me and I would want that for him too. Yeah. Like, you know, when the time is right to at least maybe not five years, but a couple years just to, you know, you develop so much more when you live outside of the States. Like yeah. you appreciate everything that you ha- we take here for granted. You understand the value of opportunity and education. And, you know, it just makes you just have a much more well-rounded like outlook on life. Yeah. You know, no, that's facts. Yeah. I, <clears throat> when I look back, at my childhood, one of the things that I'm most grateful for is that my parents, my family's from Nigeria. So one of the things I'm most grateful for is that my parents made it a point for me to go and spend summers there. Like yeah. after the age of maybe like, I went there for the first time at six nice. and then like again at like 10. And then pretty much after that, it was like every other summer, or every maybe once a year, once every couple of years, yep. I would go there and spend extended time there. And that was super valuable. It's crazy for because sure. like first time I went there, I'm going, I'm there. I'm like excited to go because like my whole childhood, all I kept hearing about was like my parents talk about it and my family talk about, oh, I want to go back home, I want to go back home type stuff. So I was excited to go. Mm -hmm. Um, The first night, when the power goes out, I'm like, <laughs> like, take me back home, dog. <laughs> like, and then having to Yo. like take baths out of buckets. I'm like, no, I can no, like take me back home. Like, what are we doing here? Like, oh, what man. are we doing Yo. here? And then I was there for like a month. I was there for, I was there for the whole summer. I was there for like three months. 
And then I was like, nah, like, I, I want to go back home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then um, I went back there again. I mean, but I did, like, it was fun, though. Like, during the day, it was fun. Yes. I was playing with my little cousin or my cousins who were my age. Yeah. Like, it was fun during the day, but, like, to not, like, be able to, like, have TV and the things that I'm used to. Right. It was right, annoying. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, like, fast forward to, you know what I'm saying? When I was in college, when oh, I was in college, man. that really, like, I would look back on those times and, you know, being a broke college student, there was oftentimes we didn't have power. It's because we didn't pay for electricity. Yeah, we had to choose, like, we drink eat. tonight or, you know what I'm saying, pay, pay the bills. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we would do the immature thing and, you know what I'm saying, party or, like, go out of town and then, you know what I'm saying, just be like, fuck it, we won't have lights for three weeks or whatever. Hey. But, like, I completely knew how to navigate not yeah. having power and, that's like, it. all that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? But that's a skill you learn because facts, you facts. But it all, but again, just like take like realizing like you have a lot of opportunity here and you have mm-hmm. like like we take so much stuff for granted, bro. Absolutely like don't. so much stuff for granted. So when when you go somewhere and it's like it's not even an option and you see it, like other, the people that live there, they don't even bat an eye. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like it's business as usual. It's like it's, it's not an ex- like it's not an excuse for not doing something because the power's out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like you still you still figure out how to do stuff or I don't know it's like a part of the life there so it makes you realize For that sure. you don't need all of the shit nah. that we think we need here you know nah, what I'm saying not at all. and like honestly and now I'm at a kind of a point where I find it liberating to be able to like live with less you know what Dude, I mean I was I, I traveled uh, in 2018 uh, overseas and like I kid you not I was so happy to just go completely airplane mode mm-hmm. and just be disconnected mm-hmm. and just really like you know, take that time to reflect and look at yourself. And like, it's just like, you know, our phones, they have so many benefits in terms of keeping us informed and, you know, but like sometimes the content that we consume, like, it's just really, it can really like have a negative effect on you. You gotta like just facts plug away and just completely I'm a big believer facts. I'm a big believer in that we need to sit with our own thoughts sometimes, like for an extended period of time. And the phone allows us to never do that if we don't want to. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like we don't ever have to sit with our own thoughts if we never want to, right. as long as we have an internet connection. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I think what's like messed up is that when you're constantly bombarded by other people's thoughts, you kind of like, you're not, you don't know yourself. You don't even know yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's how people like get lost. It's very cliche, but that's what it is. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I think, um, kind of in it I don't know if I would call it an issue but just like something that I think is I guess I guess the one detriment to being able to have like access to all this knowledge and all of these like other people's opinions mm-hmm. is that we don't sit with our own thoughts we don't formulate our own opinions you know what I'm saying we don't we 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 don't take the time to like think about like what do we think about a certain situation right, or a certain right. thing you know what I'm and saying? It's a lot of stuff that you know. I remember I would find myself like liking or being drawn to, but I'm like, wait, why do I like this? Yeah. Like, Facts. do I do I myself like this for me, or is it, do I like this because this is what I've been taught and told and seen and heard? From so many different people and places to yeah. like, right? It's it's very interesting. Something that I used to find myself doing sometimes was, um, 
when you see people talking about the same thing mm-hmm. and now I have to know about I'm like I need to be part of the conversation straight up it's like I gotta know what these people are talking about I yeah. gotta be part of the conversation you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah. which is but it's very again like now I'm kind of like liberated by not um, knowing what everybody knows or even caring to know what everybody because mm-hmm. like at the end of the day you know three days from now it's going to be a whole new thing and I just like that yeah. is a stressful life to it where it's like you always have to stay on top of just what the new the cycle people is talking just about. ridiculous yeah. man like I love Twitter because you know it's like Twitter I can honestly go without every app but like I don't know if I could go without Twitter because it's like it got your news it got yeah. your sports it got your comedy it got your comedy it got your ratchetry like, and, you know and, like Twitter's a scary want. place bro like if they start charging four ninety nine, I best believe I might, might pay it I, you know Netflix might have to go <laughs> Now Twitter, Twitter gives you your source of everything, bro. In yeah. real time, yes. too. Like, yeah. every, like at the instant that it happens, like t- it's crazy because um, Twitter will like let you know about everything. Mm-hmm. It'll start making jokes about everything. Like yes. you know what I'm saying? The World War Three. Oh yeah. my god! Like that's a serious. <laughs> It's a serious thing, and people are just making a yeah, bunch of memes facts. and jokes. I, I mean, get I get lost on Twitter very often, and that's that's uh, that's kind of why I, what I, what I will disagree about Twitter is just that like I the reason I call it scary is because like I can get lost on there. I can get on there. I can tell myself, let me just check the first couple of tweets. Just go down a rabbit hour hole. Hour goes by. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I'm still on that yeah, joke. Like, yeah. yeah, it's it's hard to get away from it once I'm on it. That's the only reason I, I like I call it scary. You know what I'm saying? But I'm interested in knowing like what kind of content do you consume? Like who your favorite people to follow or like what type of stuff do you like to watch when you're on social? Um I really like to support um people like that I know that are doing this because I like this hoodie that I'm wearing right now. This mm-hmm. is a really good friend of mine. Uh lives down in VA. It's, okay. it's called Pray Often. Yeah. So like the the message behind it it's is just message. so um it's just so universal, right? Pray often, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Have that connection with simple. God and like you know, <laughs> yeah. everybody can relate to it. So Facts. like I like to I like to see other people just, you know, stepping into, you know, lanes creatively, just you know, obviously famous people that I like, you know, comics and and, and artists and stuff like that. And who's a couple? There's, I mean, I mean I'm just interested. A couple uh, of people famous people that you follow. I mean or like their content. <clears throat> there's I guess there's a good amount, but I if I would have to like sing out so you know <laughs> So a funny comedian that I like to follow on Twitter is Roy Wood Jr. I don't know. If oh you yeah, I know Roy Wood. Yeah. What, what is he on? He's on. Uh, he's on the Daily Show. The Daily Tre- Show. Tre- yeah, yeah. Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, yeah. I love Trevor Noah too. <laughs> Trevor Noah's yeah. funny. Trevor. Noah. I was actually watching some stuff of his like on my way here. Yeah, he's good. He's good, yeah. and he's another very intelligent person, bro. Absolutely. Like I, I remember seeing his Breakfast Club interview. I'm like, yeah, this guy's. I mean, I've always thought he's smart, mm-hmm. but like I remember some of the things he was saying like really resonated with me at the time I was watching it. Yeah, no, it's it's cool because like I mean, so my name on Instagram is called Homegrown Immigrant, mm-hmm. and when I first found out that he was doing the Daily Show, it was it was refreshing to see like uh, a bl- a non American black person speak about American current events from an outsider's perspective because mm-hmm. it's like sometimes like I'm sure you can relate to we have the duality of our personalities where we're American and then we're also you know the country of our origin yeah. and sometimes those they clash sometimes they overlap sometimes yeah. they agree sometimes they don't so it was just nice to see someone else like you you can sense that like hey this person gets sometimes where I come from where like this concept of being American may not really completely, you know, agree with, you know, yeah, where I'm from yeah, in terms of facts. like my, you know, morals and, and values. And beliefs, yeah, straight so. up. It's interesting because I think about that often too. Like <clears throat> some of the, um, yeah, some of the, uh, 
I guess the personalities out there that yeah. are, um, you know, first generation, something else, you know what I'm saying? Not like maybe yeah. born in America or maybe like have parents who were not born in America. So they, 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 they heavily know right. their, uh, their ethnicity, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And I think what's very interesting about that and something that I also see too, is like, sometimes we can look at what's going on here and I don't know. Sometimes I feel like things are made into a big deal. And it's like when I think like, yo, not not like be happy to be here. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but it's like, bro, like I would rather live here than live in Nigeria any day. You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about like, of course, there's always room for improvement in any place that you're living. Course, yeah, and like course. you need people to like be radically upset because those are the people that like spark a change you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. but like i think something that i often real i i often see as being a um first generation is that i i i think i take appreciation for the fact that like i'm able to like live the life that i live here mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. and that's something that i never take for granted because i know what it's like to you know what i'm saying yeah live with like like we talked about just like live with less you know what i'm yeah. saying and like yeah. li- and and like not just like less things, less opportunities, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like of less course, chances to do stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like the fact that I could, you know, you know, start a podcast just because I have the equipment to, and the fact that I can purchase the equipment to, and all that type of stuff, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like you don't get those opportunities everywhere, you know no, what I mean? Not at all. I mean, just the point about radically changed. I mean, I see a picture of, of Muhammad Ali on the back. Yeah, like hero I was, of mine. I was watching the the Malcolm Who Killed Malcolm X documentary mm-hmm. like uh, over the weekend, and I was actually on the part where you know him and him and Malcolm you know finally connected and became friends and stuff. And it's just like those people, like you said, in order for stuff to actually happen, there has to be people that take take ownership and take the reins and really like. You know, those people, Malcolm was such a great orator and the fact that he was saying what everybody else thought, but just didn't have the words and the eloquence yeah. to, to, you know, put it out there. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. And that, and I think, <clears throat> yeah, that's another that's like a very important thing about, um, I guess, being articulate. You know what I'm saying? And I think you can appreciate this as a writer, like how you articulate stuff is everything. You know what I'm saying? Like how how you get your message across is everything, because like you got a guy like Malcolm X who can, you know, do all the great things that he did and spark spark a movement and everything like that. But like you said, he's not the only person that felt that he's just the only person that not the only person, but he was like one of the people that was able to rally people. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think about that when you do your, like when you're, when you're writing and when you're putting your messages out there? I like to be very descriptive with my writing. Like my style, I like to paint really vivid pictures. And one quote that really sticks with me every time that I like write is like, it was is goes something along the lines of if I had more time I would have wrote less, right? If Explain I had, that. If I had more time I would have chose less where I would have been able to you know get my point across with, with the fewer least words. the least amount of words okay. just to have it resonate, yes. right? So like making sure that every word counts and you don't want to just you know bombard the reader with unnecessary like jargon and yeah. and whatnot. So you know what's crazy, bro? But, um, that's something that I. I consciously think about all the time when yeah. I'm writing, even when I'm writing text messages, bro. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, how can I like trim the fat? Cause like, I think that's, I think something people do is use more and bigger words to sound smarter or yeah. to sound like more eloquent. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I, I think this is something that I learned too, that like good writers use as few words as possible. Yeah, you know is, what I'm saying? Less like, is more. Yeah. Less so like, more. it's very interesting how you brought that up because that's something that 
I mean, I fancy myself a writer in the sense of like I appreciate uh, writing and in, in the content that I like to, that I like to make. I yeah. I'm, I'm conscious of the writing in it. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I like to um, do skits. I like to like I'm, I'm trying to be a filmmaker one day. So like, oh, I, I, I'm always thinking about writing and mm-hmm. like um, screenplays and all that type of stuff. But something that I've learned is that you got to use fewer words to get your point across. Like that's what good writing is. Not Mm -hmm. like just using all these big words and extra words and extra adjectives and extra pronouns and all this type of stuff just because it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know why people do that. Maybe for aesthetic purposes to sounds, like you said, sound smart and come off across as you know, you're really eloquent, but you know, everybody has their reasons. But I think um, one thing that I've noticed is that, in art, you can you can sense like genuine art is that which resonates, right? When so when when you find something that's genuine, that's the that's the thing. Whatever art form it is, that'll that'll connect with you. That'll mm-hmm. really stick and be like, wow, like I felt that. Yeah. yeah, I think something that also that fucked us up with like how much people write or like why people use so much stuff, words okay. and stuff, is like growing up. And let me know how this was in Egypt growing up and going to school and stuff. Yeah. In school, like they give you a word count, like. I want oh, a 600 course. page paper, but like really it could be done in 300 words. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's setting people oh, up. Cause yeah. like I have, I, I, so I used to do, I, I do this documentary with this high school. So I'm like in tune with high school kids from time to time. Nice. And when I'm hearing them talk about I'm praying like, for you, buddy. I know, right. <laughs> um, when I'm hearing them talk about, you know, writing papers and stuff and it's like, it's gotta be an eight page paper and stuff like that. I'm like, why do teachers do that, bro? It's yeah. like, you're teaching kids. Cause like, that's what they're going to do. Like right. they got the page done in four pages or they got the paper done in four pages, but now they're adding fluff because yeah. they got to make that age eight page mark. You know yep, what I mean? Yep, and it's yep. like, yo, you're teaching the opposite of good writing. You're <laughs> you know stifling I mean? creativity. Oh, oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. There it is. That's probably what it is. It's like, you got to find other ways to tell or like to stretch this out, I guess. Yeah. Cause okay. it's like, like you said, if the message can get across in in four pages and not eight, now you're trying. Now you're diluting. You might have really four solid pages. Mm-hmm. Now you got to dilute it because you're like, okay, I got to stretch this out over stretch here out, and yeah. here, and you know, add this and that, and you know. But yeah, that's I, I think with anything like it's all about trial and error, right? You have yeah. to try things, and you know, it's not the first thing that you do is not really going to be the best, but then you learn from it, and then you tweak it, and you keep you know going up and down and up and down. Like you're gonna have peaks and you know valleys yeah but for sure you want to make sure like you like a good business your 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 low is higher than your previous high facts right so you're kind of like you know ascending upwards. yeah facts like going up a hill yep um did you ever feel uncomfortable with the thought of sharing your writing or did you always start writing to share it so here's the thing like i a good amount of people have reached out to me like yo man you share really vulnerable stuff like like i they always say like i'm never i would never see myself feel comfortable like talking about some really deep deep dark you know personal issues and to be quite honest i never really thought of it that way because for me it was like i know how much it helped me so i was like okay maybe other people are going through and i know like i'm sure we all have very similar shared experiences in life whether it be you know our relationship with our parents and our you know family members and friends and you know romantic relationships and what have you i'm like I know there are other people that are probably thinking and going through the same thing, but just aren't able to put it into words. So mm-hmm. like, you know, why not, you know, be able to provide some sort of relief, some sort of healing for, you know, 
for other folks. So I never really like, I was never hesitant. Like, oh my God, like I'm scared of people knowing about, you know, my vulnerabilities. I was, I think I already, I was in a mental place where I already kind of accepted it and, and got through it through therapy. So that was like, okay, now that I've gone through it and I've understood what I've went through, I'm much more able to like, you know, explain it, articulate it and then share it. Yeah. So. And then I think also too, <clears throat> at least something for me that that I've realized in my life is when you are um I'm not going to say over something but when you when you've come to grips with something an experience yeah. that you've had in your life or right. like a feeling or whatever it is yeah. it's much easier to share because it's like you don't feel like you can be like stung by that mm-hmm. from someone else you know yeah. what I'm saying you've already come to grips with what you've it is, it, you know right? what I'm saying? You've, you've already owned it, it you yeah. know what I'm saying? So like nobody could use that as ammo towards Against, you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? For sure. For is that sure. how you feel? Yeah. No, absolutely. No, I, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Like once you go through it, once you've owned it, once it's something that you, you no longer, it no longer has control over you mm-hmm. when you're the person in control. You're not embarrassed by it. You no, know what I'm saying? So it's know. like you can share it and you know what's, but you know what's very interesting, bro? Um, and I and I think I realized this too. Um, some time along the way, when I started making content, I realized the vulnerable stuff is what people resonate with the most. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like no one can share, or no one feels like they can share it. Yeah. So they look at you sharing it. One, they respect you for it. Mm-hmm. Two, it's like I feel that. You right. know what I mean? So yeah. it's like I'm not gonna say it's like sympathy or something, but it's like people. The, the fact that people can feel it, it's like. Damn, thank you for sharing that. You know what I mean? No, that's 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 the like the vast majority of response that I got was like, yo, thank you so much for putting, you know, putting into words what I feel. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, and and again, I'm whether it be writing or like, you know, the, the comedic material, I always want it to be about real stuff, like relatability stuff that I actually go through because that's what's gonna resonate with people. Yeah. You know? No, nah, facts, facts. So. Um I'm interested in knowing. What's what? What? What are your? We we're talking about goals for twenty twenty earlier. Yeah. You have any specific uh, goals that you care to share? That at least as far as like creative, creatively, mm-hmm. that you're trying to knock out or anything. I want to perform <clears throat> at a comedy club. Yeah, that's definitely for the end of twenty twenty. Uh, God willing, I can I can do that. Yeah. Um, and in terms of writing, just um, get to a point where I can at least complete my miniseries and hopefully publish it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm turning thirty. This is gonna be like and, books. Or, uh, a book, yeah, it's okay. gonna be a book. I, I definitely see myself publishing multiple books, mm-hmm. but um, I I want to give a, a I turn thirty in December, so as as a gift to myself, I'd like to say that I published the book. Facts, 30, that'd be so. very hard, bro. That'd yeah. be really lit. Um, what do you think about like uh, writing for screen? Do you ever think about that? Yeah, all yeah. The, all the time. I mean, I've been in touch with a few like screenwriters, mm-hmm. and you know that they've really liked my like you know like the content that I put out there, and said, hey, have you ever considered it? I'm like, yeah, I I definitely would love to do that in the future and i kind of just want to pace myself you know i don't want to rush into trying to do too Everything, many things yeah, at the same facts. time that's you know? very interesting because it's something that you don't hear people say yeah. but it's very important you no, know what i'm saying sure, because sure. we have nothing but time oh, you know what i'm saying like, like yeah. we have nothing but time people always want to do everything today yeah, you know no, what i'm saying exactly. and that's how you get into these these like situations where you don't do anything you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying but like you said we are like i said based off what you said, we have nothing but time. So it's like, you don't have to rush and do everything. I'm really mm-hmm. like glad to hear you say that because I no. feel like nobody says that. Yeah. You know it's funny because my first, the first uh, heartbreak piece that I posted, um, that took me eight months to write and it was only a 10 minute read. Mm. Like 
I like right now I've, I'm kind of, I want to say I'm in a writer's block. I'm kind of like on a, on an active, I put an active pause on, on that writing just because I have a couple other things in my life that are just taking priority over writing. Cause mm -hmm. at the end of the day, writing is a hobby for me. It's not a job. Okay. So I have to respect my responsibility for sure. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And, and understand that, you know, this is an, a want of mine. I say, I got to take care of my needs first. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I say that to say, like, I don't like to rush. If I wanted to, I could put out a blog post every month, but I wouldn't be satisfied with the quality. Mm -hmm. You know, I could sit down for two hours and knock something out. It's not a problem to me. But, like, I'm very big on, like, putting out really good quality stuff. Yeah. And I'm my own biggest critic. So Thanks. I will always go through it and try to nitpick and be like, ah, I could have said this better. I could have done this better. I could have put this here. But, you know, I guess that's that's just what comes with the territory. For sure. For yeah. sure. Um, I want to talk about heartbreak for a second, if you don't mind. I I want to know, like, about it. how how in any ways has that fueled what you're doing? Because I know, and I've talked about it often, like, yeah. it fueled me. Like, I, I got my heart broken, and then that's when I kind of, like, I slipped into, like, a little depression. And yeah. I, that's, but in that is yeah. where I found, like, myself and, like, and trying to dig myself out of that is how yeah. I, like, started creating content and started, like, kind of finding a real purpose in my life. So I yeah. want to know, like, what your, um, I guess, relationship with heartbreak is and how it's kind of, like, propelled your uh, life. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, it's something we all go through. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it doesn't matter where you're from in the world. Like, that's just a, a con everybody can relate to. It. And I think... Um, for the longest, like I said, just kind of in the environment that we we're growing up, we're not really encouraged to share how we feel and, you know, our thoughts and stuff. And it really wasn't until like I understood that, you know, I had to go through that experience to, to, to look at myself in the mirror, to realize like I need to put value in myself and not let anybody own. Like, I think the biggest thing that I learned is that like, you can never let somebody else own your happiness, right? That's something you need to own for yourself Fair and not put it in the hands of somebody else because that other person is not going to care for it the same way you care mm -hmm. for your own heart. Right? And like you said, the value too, like yeah. how you feel about yourself when that's wrapped up in yeah. what someone else feels about or how someone feels about you right. in any given moment. Mm -hmm. So dangerous. It's <laughs> so yeah. dangerous. Cause so, like that's, I think that's what I realized about myself. It's like, it's, it's like, I was so sad that the person that I wanted the most didn't want me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it makes you feel like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Like, am I not a good person? Mm -hmm. Am I doing, and then it's like, you, you don't, you don't value yourself. Right. But then when you get to a point where you can, learn to love yourself and value yourself. And a lot of, I know a lot of people say things in a cliche manner and, you know, there are a lot of buzzwords that go around, but it's, it really does take for you to like sit down and look at yourself and be like, no, like I have value. Like I am a, you know, a person that is deserving of love. And that's, that's something that you have to give yourself first before you can expect to receive it from it. If you don't love yourself, how are you going to expect anybody else to love and respect you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so facts. It's, it's something that you have to be able to do on your own first before you can, learn to share and ex you know experience it with another person yeah it's uh, funny about cliches man like the reason they're cliches is because they're tried and true yeah. <laughs> like, you know what i'm saying like there's vid yeah, validity man. behind them yeah. like it's very interesting bro like it was like a light switch bro when the moment i started kind of like believing in myself is when I started to see good things happen for myself. You know what I'm for saying? Sure. And it's re it's really like a momentum thing. It's mm -hmm. like, I, I remember I, I read a book. I read one book that <clears throat> kind of like made me rethink how I viewed my own self. And it was about introversion. And mm -hmm. growing up, when you're like quiet and shy and an introvert, you're usually looked at as like, yep. there's something wrong with you. It's mm -hmm. like, why are you so quiet? Like, I remember, I remember one time being a kid 
And um, I remember one time being like a kid, like I had to be probably like five, six, one of my earliest memories. And I was in, um, I was in my house. My parents were like entertaining some people like in our living room. And I remember like my mom, you know, when, when family comes over, your parents tell you to come in and say hi to everybody. My mom mm-hmm. came, told me to come in and say hi to everybody. And I was just kind of like, hi, hi, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Saying like, hi, just, like in a shy timid, kid, baby yeah, way. Yeah. And then I, as I'm walking away, I remember hearing my mom like kind of like, excuse me she's like she's kind of like oh he's just shy like you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, you know what I'm saying? like, like an excuse for my behavior uh-huh. and i remember thinking i remember hearing that and thinking like that was an excuse for like i i, I would use that excuse as i got older mm. so like when i'm you know if if i'm in a classroom i'm just like i'm i'm shy i don't have to talk you know what I'm saying? i don't have to mm. raise my hand because i'm shy like people will understand that i'm shy so they won't expect me to talk you know Gosh, what i mean yeah it's like like how you feel when you're when how when what you feel or what you know about yourself is based off of other people's opinions that can really shape you and as a kid it will really shape you you know what I'm saying so like sure. as I grew older I read this book called Quiet which was pretty much about introversion and it was about how like introversion and being quiet and like being in your own head and really thinking deeply about and about your thoughts and everything is actually a strength. You know for what I'm saying? Sure, like yeah. the whole book was about how that's actually a good thing, not a bad thing. You're aware. Completely changed my life, bro. Yeah, like man. completely. I was like, you know, I'm like, yeah. it's this is a superpower. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So like, I read that. I'm like, oh, okay, I feel good about myself. You know what I'm saying? So I started reading more books that made me feel good about myself. Yeah. And then you start applying the things that you're reading. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And then you start to see positive results. You know what I'm saying? And Completely changed my life around. You know what I'm saying? It was very interesting. Are, do, are you do you read do you read much? Like, I, I definitely love leisure? reading. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For um, sure. But any any books that kind of like had a big big impact on you? Uh, autobiography Malcolm X for sure. Oh, that wow. was one of the. So you're like really into Malcolm X. I mean, I, he's he's definitely up there in terms of the influential people that mm-hmm. I that I love to like learn about. Yeah. Um Another book that I really resonate with me is I don't know if you know she's from Nigeria Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. She no. wrote Americana. Like that story is a real really really dope story it's about her like living in nigeria and then coming to the states and just navigating living in america as a black person but not an american mm-hmm. and it was the, I really oh that's such that. an interesting dynamic yeah, dog. Americana. i think about that as a kid like it was hard as a kid because like black kids when i was a kid were like making fun of me oh, you yeah, know I'm like yeah. i'm one of y'all like because, Wait, but, but, because but, i was born here i'm like i'm one of y'all what are y'all talking about you know what i'm saying you know what's funny it wasn't cool to be african it wasn't it was not cool to be 2020 african, it might bro. be cool but yeah, not in 2020 it's the coolest not, you know what not, saying? not like, in 2000 2000 it was no. not cool bro like i was dead definitely like embarrassed by my African heritage when I was a kid, bro. And like, it's even, even coming to grips with being able to say that out loud was something that I just kind of like, I'm like, yeah, well, like I'm now I'm proud of it. So it doesn't matter. But like, I was definitely like when I was a kid and my name is like so African, Chukul, Mecca, Wakibu, like, you know what I'm saying? Like every time I'm in, anytime they're doing role in class, it's always butchered. Butchered, You know what I'm saying? So like, I was super self-conscious about that when I was a kid. And um, yeah, that was, it was not a cool thing. So I'm always thinking about like, like you, 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 you kind of see content now, kind of like talking about it, mm-hmm. but um, just it's just recent, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, I'm I'm not used to seeing content where like people are talking about that dynamic of being a black kid, but in America where like black kids didn't see you as a black kid, they yeah. saw you as like yeah, an yeah, African, African kid. Yeah, you know not, what I mean? I was born here, dude. Like, yeah, you know, like straight up. I'm like trying to convince <laughs> my, them. My parents, <laughs> my parents are African. I mean. <laughs> Straight up, it's crazy. I'm so like embarrassed to say that that was my reality, but I was like, I was thinking every, yeah, like just disowning the fact that I'm Nigerian. Now it's like the coolest thing you can be. I'm from Niger. (laughs) Straight up, straight up. But I want to know, like, um, 
Were there anything, any tidbits from either of the books that you mentioned that yeah. like really stuck out out to you and like really resonated with you? Um, I don't know if I have anything specifically. I just think like the 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 Americana book, it was just it just spoke to so many dynamics that I've always experienced but never could put to words. Like I always thought like, okay, I'm I must be crazy. Like I must be the only person who thinks this way, right? I must be the only person who thinks that, you know, when people try to patronize you for being in America, like I hate when people are like, oh my God, so you're from Smile. Like you must really love being in America. Like don't you love all the opportunities that we like that are here for you? And it's just like you don't don't have to patronize yeah straight that. up yeah. straight up you know so, so annoying just those those kind of nuances and intricacies that were highlighted in the book that mm-hmm. really was like yo somebody like, else went somebody else went through this and like put it into words like yeah. into a story i think so. that's what the um biggest thing for books is for me uh like i said like reading in the, the uh quiet book made me realize like, oh okay like this is a thing like i'm not the only person that feels this mm-hmm. way and Pretty much every book that I've read that resonated with me gave me that reaction or gave me that feeling of like, you know, um, I remember reading uh, Phil Knight is the creator of Nike. Yeah. I read his uh, his autobiography, his, uh, I guess, memoir. It wasn't an autobiography, but it was like a memoir. And I remember reading that book. Nike, one of the like greatest companies in American history. Corporation, I'm like reading, global corporation. I'm reading that book like, bro, like this dude is talking about stuff that like I, so I run a home healthcare business now. And, nice. and even in trying to build like Nation Entertainment as a business, there's so many things that like I go through that I feel like alone in and reading this book. And he's like literally going through things that I've gone through too, like in mm-hmm. thoughts, you know what I'm saying? Of mm-hmm. like, like kind of like self-doubt and like all these types of things like is this working and like are people resonating with it all these things that i'm like bro like nike like you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, like, the, like the greatest like the greatest company you know what they're telling there. you like you know what nike is telling you just do just it do it. just do it but that's the thing even even how like you know, that that's that's crazy bro because like even that like even like they literally have the greatest slogan too, bro. Like, because that's what life boils down to. It really boils down to like, are you going to do these things? Cause the thing is like, it's really just as simple as doing it. Mm-hmm. Like the, like the, what separates people who do and who don't is the fact that like, you don't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Cause even the attempt in and of itself, like the fact that you went up and got on a comedy stage and then like, you, you you made some content out of it. I saw it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the, it's the doing yeah. of it that, like, I'm impressed with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, like, as you do it, you understand, like, oh, this is how I can get better. This is how I can tweak it. This is what I don't know. And all these types of things. But, like, you would never even know unless you, like, took the step. You yep. know what I'm saying? That's right. And so many people, something that I see is so many people try to, like, have all of the things figured out before they take the step. And it's like, bro, you can't, you can't do that because, like, unless you get to, you know, door A, you won't, you can't plan for door C because you don't even know what door A is going to require of you to get through it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, people are, like, trying to plan for, like, step six, seven, eight. And it's like, bro, like, until you get to step one, you won't even know what step two looks like. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I remember, I remember reading Phil Knight's book, like, damn, this is crazy that, like, he has the same thoughts that I have, bro. And it makes these, it makes these people and these like huge feats seem like attainable and human, you know what I'm saying? Because you realize that another human being accomplished these things, I'm just looking at your studio. Like there's so many dope, like just everything. They're like all the great artists and, you know, historians and people that influence pop culture and, you know, like 
like what you said, what you're doing, you know, you're what you're doing is a lot of people aren't doing like mm-hmm. the fact that you're actually doing something that you love and that you have a passion for like that's that's really commendable man yeah. like much much respect and you know i appreciate all, that all i appreciate the, all the that yeah i appreciate that and i feel the same way about you and i think something that um i have really noticed and it's bro it's like literally I just do what feels right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't know what I'm doing half the time. Bro, like, you, you know just, what I'm saying? Gotta like, try. Yeah. You the thing is try. like, but again, bro, it's the attempt that gets the respect. You know what I'm saying? Like you get respect from people for the attempt. You know what I'm saying? Like everything that you're saying, like, I'm just like, damn, like you feel that way? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, I'm literally out here like going with the flow, Same. seeing what works, seeing uh. what doesn't. Like, and then even when I do things and like I mess up, I beat myself up about it and stuff like that. And then I have to come to grips with like the fact that okay i don't know what i'm doing but that's part of the process so like let's wake up tomorrow and try it again or try something try something else along the same like lines you know what i mean yeah so it's very yeah it's very it's very interesting to think about how i guess people think about that differently you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. people think about like I guess tackling obstacles in different ways. Because a lot of people love to talk. A lot of people have great ideas, and you know they could you know sell you elevator pitches from morning until night. But it's like, okay, what separates that person from talking about it to actually doing it? It's like it it there's a there's a level of bravery that's involved. There's a level of you know putting yourself out there, and you know the fear of failure. That's what holds a lot of people back. Is Mm -hmm. they're afraid to fail, and I think you know something that really helped me kind of get over that was like growing up, I was very conscious of what people thought of me. And then I got to a point when I realized that my opinion should be the only one that shapes how I view myself. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I really tried to remind myself, like, no matter what kind of positive, like, I don't, I don't want to take too much into the positive feedback that I'm getting Mm -hmm. because in the same light, I shouldn't take too much into what any hate or negativity comes my way. Right. You should kind of treat them both in the same manner. Like, yes. You just, you know, comes in one ear. It's feedback. It's feedback. It just comes in one ear out the other. Don't don't read into it too like you wouldn't read into too much negativity. Don't read into too much, you know, positivity too. Yeah. I bro, that's crazy because like it's not that I make a conscious effort, but it's something that I think about too because um I know that I mean at the end of the day, like Again, and it goes, I think it goes back to the lesson that's learned from heartbreak. It's like, if you even allow the praise to like be what leads you when you inevitably stop getting praise or stop getting as much of it, you know what I'm saying? What are you going to do? Because like something that happens, you know what I'm saying, is when people start to get used to your content, they stop commenting. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So like something that I've been doing this for like five, six years, you know what Mm. I'm saying? So like, it's not that people have stopped commenting, but it's like, it's definitely like slowed down. It's not yeah. like, because people aren't surprised by me dropping a video anymore. Like, it's yeah. not surprising. It's nothing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's yeah. like, so like people like literally they're used to it. So like, if I was to operate on, oh, I'm getting six comments now instead of 15, like, you know what I'm saying? Then that would discourage me. But again, yeah. it's because I don't, I'm not fueled by that, whether it's good or bad. I just keep going and it's the movement that gets the respect. You know right. what I'm and saying? And it's the, the genuine nature of it, yeah. right? Like you're not doing it for the attention. Exactly. Or for, you're not doing it for that. Nah, you know it's just, you're doing it because it genuinely gives you happiness. You can find a purpose. Like, like I understand I would love like in an ideal world, to you know get paid and 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 live like basically make a living off of doing what i love but then sometimes i think about it as like you know 
that may or may not be the best thing because if if livelihood is tied into my art, then there's going to come a crossroads where I'm compromised in the content that I put out there because maybe some of my content might not be the most smartest from a business perspective. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, I, do I put out stuff that I really like or do I have to make sure that I eat? You yeah. know? And I just kind of, I don't want to ever be in a position where like I compromise the art or like the creativity or the writing or whatever it is that I do because then it's going to lose its purpose. That's mm-hmm. not, I didn't do this to make money off of it or to profit like off of it. If it comes in another way, then that's fine. But like, that's not my main primary like intention. Yeah. Man. And I'm really big on like, you know, intentions is really what, you know, makes or breaks like deeds and actions. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you have a good solid intention, then more often than not, as long, so long as you, purify that intention and keep reminding of it like you're you'll be able to stay on the course and you know yeah. not really be swayed yeah mm-hmm. i'm very big on that too yeah. because i think um again not to like even make this about like what other people think but i think something that people do is that they put themselves in a situation where they have or they they either want to like make their creativity their main source of income or yeah. like they put themselves in a situation where they have to or something yeah. like that and i'm very very big on Whatever you got to do to like make the money that you need, mm-hmm. do that. If you yeah. if you're a creative, if you're a creative, like don't put yourself in a situation where you have to like use your creativity to eat because it's going to compromise the creativity. Yeah. You're going to feel like you have to put stuff out or yeah. you have to do this writing assi- as an assignment as yes. versus then like, you know what I'm saying, as a creative outlet. Yes. And it's going to become something that you become resentful towards. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be diluted. It's not going to have yeah. the same quality. You're yeah. not going to have the same feeling yeah. towards it. It's interesting because like I, I I found myself in that with like making videos. I found myself yeah. in situations. But the thing is also I've never set myself up in a sense where like this is the the thing that I do for bread. So like I have to take on every project cause I got to make every dollar that I can. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I consciously set my life up in a way where like I have a main source of income. This is all supplementary. You know right. what I'm saying? Right, right. But um, it was a conscious decision because I found myself even for like the side gig bread, I found myself taking on jobs that like mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily want to because I thought like, oh, I'm trying to build this big company. I'm trying to build this big brand. And like, you know, I got to make as much money as I can. You know what I'm saying? And as much and exposure I found, as yeah, I can. Yeah, all of that. And mm-hmm. I found myself like working on videos that I'm trying to like just like get done just to get done. You know what I'm saying? As yeah. opposed to like actually being creative and all that type of stuff. And I don't know, me personally, I just don't necessarily like that feeling. You know what I'm saying? Mean. But I think- I think people tend to put themselves in that situation because they think that's what they're supposed to do. Like mm-hmm. I'm a writer. I'm supposed to get paid for writing and I'm supposed to only write for money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. you don't got to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, you're setting yourself up for like a, a life of being controlled by that. And there's know? a lot of stuff that I write that I will never post. Yeah. Because like not every piece of writing is going to be shared. Yeah. There are some that are and some that aren't. Yeah. So. I want to ask though, um, we mentioned failure a, yes. um, a second ago and I want to know like, how do you view fail- failure? Like what's your relationship with it? It's something that I think without it, you cannot grow. Like Facts. you can't, you can't be a better person. Like you have to, un- you have to accept and understand that this life is not meant to be perfect. Mm-hmm. This life is a test and that, you know, what separates those who make the best of it and from those who don't are the ones who realize and understand that this is an opportunity for me to learn. This is an opportunity for me to get better. And this opportunity for me to like, you know, help affect change in myself and those around me. Like to, to look at like hardships as a source of like, yo, a, like 
I'm like people who like I I I believe that people who aren't really tested with a lot of failure in life they kind of miss out on the ability to really see what they're really made of. Mm, facts. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're in a false sense of security where your life has relatively been nice and smooth and easy and not really many difficulties and hardships, like who's to know maybe when your 40s and 50s, you're hit with like a really big life-changing experience and like you haven't built enough of the experience throughout your life that'll help you get through that stage. Right? But if you're someone who's constantly like, thrived and like willing to accept you know that hard times are going to come then you're going to build it's like it's like working out right if if you've never worked out for all these years and you try to bench press 225 it's not going to happen no. but if you've built the resistance and built the like you know got the reps and the practice and the and the trials and the errors and you're going to be ready for whatever life you know throws at you yeah that's big facts bro so, i feel like yeah. one of the it's funny too because like when i look at kids you know what i'm saying it's very interesting how like parents try to shield their kids oh, from yeah. experiencing any oh, kind yeah. of like failure or like hardship or yeah. any kind of like obstacles. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's so detrimental, bro, because yeah. it's like, dog, like yeah. literally navigating that is what's going to turn it's that life. person into a good human yeah. being or like a or a or a adult that can that can thrive. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like when I take my son to play in the playground and stuff. I will never ever interfere if another kid is like taking something from him. Like, like, yo, you have to solve your own problems. Yeah. If it, if it's an adult that's giving you an issue, that's when I step in. But mm-hmm. if as long as someone that's your age, a kid like you, you figure out your own problems. Like, figure out there's a solution to it. I I, I want to be able to like give him that life skill, mm-hmm. right? Be like, put him in positions like, hey problem solve. Yeah. You're here, figure it out. Bro, that's so important. Like it's it's yeah. it's so important, bro, because yeah. I think I think something that I realized too was yeah. that um something that was really dope about my upbringing and being um, you know, first generation Nigerian, my parents my parents did a great job of like giving us a great life in the sense of like having all the things that we needed, right? Respect. Did not give us anything extra. <laughs> like, there was, like, no, we got no wants. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no wants. Like, I mean, like, not to say that, like, we were, like, deprived of anything. Yeah. No, we had everything that we needed. And, like, anything that my parents wanted to give us, they would. But, like, it wasn't like a, hey, mom, dad, I want a Nintendo. Can I get one? It was, like... If they were in the store and like they saw some shoes that they thought they would want to get over, they would get. So like we would get yeah. things like that. But like it wasn't like a, hey, I want this. Can I have this? It was like it was none of that. And it was even to a point where like <laughs> I was just scared to ask my parents for stuff. Like because like, you know, it's a no. We used you to know, me and my yeah. older sisters, we would just like get our little brother because like our little brother was just fearless. You know what I'm saying? Like he would get the nose too, but he just didn't care. You know what I'm saying? So like we would just always ask him to be like, yo, like ask if we can go to McDonald's. Ask if we can get this. You know what I'm saying? But like. I think mm-hmm. something that like that was important, bro, because mm-hmm. like, I, I, I wasn't raised thinking that I could just have whatever I wanted. Nope. Whereas like because, um, like I said, my parents did a great job of giving us a great life. So like we grew up in like a we first lived, you know, what I'm saying in a like a three bedroom home with like it was like probably like 11 of us. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a lot of family members you know, in a small we, house. Yeah, then we got a bigger house to accommodate all of those people. Right. So we moved into like a middle class neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. We, we were surrounded by people who like lived that life of like getting everything that they wanted and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm going to school with kids who had like 
everything they wanted yeah. and I was like a kid who just like you know I, I had clothes I was I was yeah. I was thankful to have yeah. clothes and shoes yeah, and it's like not cool. like raggedy I'll you know what I'm saying I had yeah, good yeah, stuff yeah. it was just that like it wasn't what I wanted it was like yeah. what my parents you was like hey, this is to survive exactly you know what I'm saying <laughs> so but the thing about that was that I grew up like realizing that like this isn't about getting anything everything that you want you know yeah. what I'm saying like that's not what this is about you got to earn the things that you want bro and that was like the biggest thing for me cuz you know when you when you're in this adulthood life bro like no one's giving you anything you know what no, I'm saying like you got to no, work no, for no, everything no. and it's it's dope that I learned that early you know yeah, what I'm saying like yeah, it's dope that yeah. I learned that early because like I I mean even I haven't even like asked my parents for anything since I graduated college. You know what I'm saying? Like I've like made it a point to just like thrive on my own. There's a you know certain what I'm yeah, that's 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 very respectful. There's a certain level of pride that it takes, especially you know, like once you become of age, to be like, hey, I can take care of myself. Yeah. Like I don't want to ever be in a position where I have to depend yeah. on another person, right? Yeah. But um, and I think it's funny that you bring that up because like now that I'm a parent, I I sometimes have to catch myself like. We get into this thing where like, yo, I was, I didn't have this. Let me make sure I give my child oh, yeah, this, fact, yeah. right? And it's like, okay, maybe you want to, but is that the best thing for them moving forward? Big picture. Yeah, that might make them happy for today and tomorrow and the next week. But like, is it you providing that, whether whether it's a toy or whatever, whatever the case may be with material or not material, like that thing that you want to provide for them because you didn't have it, is that something that's going to benefit them long-term and make them into a better person? Because every parent will tell you that they want their child to be better than them. Mm -hmm. You want them, you want to do what you're doing, what you're doing so that they can become way better than you. So in order for them to be way better than you, you kind of have to give, you have to be smart and strategic in like this, the certain level of the, excuse me, the things and, or the things that you do or give them or you don't give them. Yeah. Right. Like for me, one of the reasons why, like I make a joke, like soccer and I, we had our 25th anniversary this year. Right. We, I started playing when I was four mm -hmm. and it's been my first love and it will always be my first love. Like nothing will ever compare to it just because of what it does for me more so than just from a physical aspect, yeah. like a therapeutic psychological Fact. aspect, like the, the feeling that I get from soccer is something I can't describe. I get it. Right. But my mom growing up, hated me playing like i'm talking made it so difficult <laughs> for me to play yeah right and there's this saying um in arabic it's called al-mahroom which translates to whatever is forbidden becomes that much more desirable right so like my mom made it a point for me to like to make it super hard for me to play i wanted to play even more Right. So I would like do the most to go to random soccer games, to go to join random leagues, random teams. And like to this day, like I still play twice a week and I will, you know, and something that even my son and I, we share now. And mm -hmm. it's like, but I don't think I would have had this level of passion if my mom was signing me up for every league yeah. and, you know, driving me Drive to, every me to game. practices. You know, and like, yeah. my, my mom straight up told me when um, when I joined the, the high school team, she was like, listen, like in true African fashion, I send you to school to study. Yeah, straight up. I don't send you to play. Play, yeah, straight up. So if you're going to go there, you're going to drive, you're going to find, find your, your own way yeah. to go to practice. It's so your I, thing. You're going to find your own way to go to games. Don't expect me to go nowhere. I got some of your other siblings to take care of. So I found my way to get on the bus and cop rides and hustle. And, you know, and that's what, like you said, that, that put that drive in me. So like even now with my son, like... I don't want to even put him into something unless I really see it from him, whatever it is, if it's soccer or basketball, whatever sport mm -hmm. or hobby, like I want it to be like, Hey dad, I want this. Mm -hmm. I, I really do want this. And I'll facilitate for mm -hmm. him. Right. Mm -hmm. 
but it's like you don't want to just hand everything like you said yeah. you don't want everything handed to you because then you don't understand and appreciate the fruits of the labor that it yeah. requires to you know yeah that's the, it, it's crazy because like it was uh, it was the same way with me when i was growing up with sports bro like my parents did not care for me to be like it was like bro books like what are you doing yes. so like there was no like my i, I, I think my mom drove me to one pra- i played i played football for like since like fifth grade from fifth grade through high school i think my mom drove me to like two practices you know what i'm saying like my dad didn't wasn't i don't even think he knew i played like you know what i'm saying like like they I were know. just like Trust they me. were just so uninvolved and so Yo, uninterested. You know what I'm saying? I, I like some so several friends had to hide the fact that they were on teams. Yeah, from yeah. Too. But the thing is, like learning how to navigate getting to practice, getting home from practice, getting my classwork done because like that, like if that was compromised, there was no sports. You no, know what I'm saying? Like getting that done on top of like doing all of the athletic stuff, it like made me who I am, bro. Like it's For crazy. Sure, yeah. and, and like also again, back to like the just the, it's very interesting too. Like this is a very interesting dynamic of parenthood, at least from when I look at my parents, it's like yeah. the uninterest, but interest, you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> at the end of the day, I was a kid and they allowed me to do this. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. they didn't know where I was. So it's yeah, like, they yeah, were yeah. like, no, okay, no, yeah. no. But like, they knew I was going to practice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's like very yeah. interesting how like, it was this dynamic of they weren't necessarily for it but like they allowed me to do it you know what I mean that's very interesting and it's very interesting what you said about um, having a kid and wanting to give him what you didn't have I'm very interested in knowing or like asking like do you think that's a like like where like where's the line between like how do you even know that's what that kid wants like the kid doesn't know like your kid yeah. doesn't know he doesn't have what you you know what I mean like yeah, exactly. you know what I mean like like yep. how, do you think about that at all because I I think to your to the point that you were making about like wanting your kid to be better than you and we talked about how like deprivation breeds that like hunger to yeah. be you know yeah. what I'm saying successful and all that type of stuff so yeah. like in giving your kids the things that you didn't have. Are you taking that hunger away or like? It's funny because I had a conversation with my friend and, you know, if my son watches this in the future, just know that I will say no to whatever you do just because, <laughs> just, just, because. just to see if you really want <laughs> really it. Really want it just straight yeah. up. Straight. Oh, that's a good fact. No, that's a, I will. Yeah, I will do yeah. that. You know what? If he's yeah. on a team or he wants to go on some sort of activity. They're going to take like, that shit for granted if you be like, like oh yeah, I'll drive you to every game. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're going to take that yeah, shit for granted. Like today, yeah. Nah, you're not allowed to go. Why yeah. not? Just not allowed to go. Yeah, and then they're gonna have to figure out a way. Just see, like you know, you you gotta, you have to, you gotta test. You know what I'm saying? You gotta test the water. You gotta be strategic about it. I Mm -hmm. think that's that's the biggest thing, right? It can't just be a zero sum. It can't just be all or nothing. Yeah, it's got to be a little balance in between. Yeah, that's facts. And I, with 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 parenthood in general, I'm learning that like you learn as you grow. Like you not, I don't have all of the answers now. I'm not sway. I ain't got all the answers. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> you know, it's just something that I'm going to, I'm going to grow with my son, you know, as he gets older to learn about his personality, as he develops what he likes, what he doesn't like, how to talk to him, how to communicate with him, what gets under his skin, what, what pushes his buttons, what doesn't, you know? So it's like, I don't know everything now, but I hope I, I'm, I'm open enough to realize that it's it's work it's something mm-hmm. that i have to constantly work at yeah what's the biggest thing you think you've learned about yourself um in being a father oh man how much time do we have <laughs> dude? Oh, i've learned that um you have to put um 
this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think good parents are born, not made. I don't think you can learn to be a good parent. I think oh, it's just really? something that you have in you because at the at its core, it's about putting someone else's needs over your wants. Mm. I want to do this. I want to go out. I want to go and do X, Y, and Z, but I need to put my child first. Mm. And it's, if you're able to successfully do that, I think that's, that's the foundation that you're going to build on. Right. So it's really teach. I've learned like, you know, it's, it's not about me. It's about doing what's best for him. Even if it's at the cost of things that I like to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. Um, Yeah, man, we're going to, Get ready to wrap up, but I do have like a couple of rapid fire questions I like to ask. Go, you know what I'm go. saying? We didn't um, even get to the top five. You know, we didn't. Even oh finish no, the let's top do five. let's let's do that. Let's do that because um, I'm interested in. We're talking with comedians, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go first just All because right. you are the comedian in the room. So like, you know what I'm saying? I want I want to weigh mine against yours. Right, but I, I mean, I honestly, I think I said mine. Um, <clears throat> and this is no particular order. Yeah. Uh, Chappelle, I love Chris Rock, okay. Jerry Seinfeld. I'm not going to say Larry, like Larry David, as far as like comedic minds is up there for me, okay. but he doesn't do enough stand up for me to put him Fair in stand up. But enough. like he, I have to just say his name um, because I love Curb. I love like I love Curb and Seinfeld are my two favorite shows and they're yeah. literally based off of his life and his comedic uh, thinking. Right. Um, so the three um, for those stand up comedians, I have to say, I have to put... Maybe Martin Lawrence up there, um, like Def Jam Martin Lawrence. Yeah, like okay. like younger Martin Lawrence. Okay, okay. Um, not Martin Lawrence now, just because like he's not really doing stand. I mean, he's got that tour, but like it's yeah. more him hosting. Yeah. But as far as like all time favorites, like Run Tell That is like something that I watch like often. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then for a fifth, um, it's gonna be highly controversial. <laughs> I'm gonna have maybe yeah, I have to we, say Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I love his comedy. I love his comedy. Oh, sorry. Scratch. Okay. Let me take out Martin Lawrence. All right. Let me put in, let me take out Martin Lawrence. I'm going to have to put in, ah, this is going to be a tie for five. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to do six. It's okay. It's six, man. It's going to be yeah, somebody come yeah. off the bench. It's going to be Ellen DeGeneres and really? Sarah Silverman. I love Ellen DeGeneres and Silver Silverman. I've never heard her stand up. Ellen DeGen- DeGeneres? No. Bro, she's got a joint on Netflix called Relatable that's it just came I think it came out last year. Hilarious. Okay. But um she had she had like two HBO specials that were great. Great. And they were from like before she was like doing Ellen the TV uh, the okay. the talk show, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha, gotcha. So like I like early like a little bit early Ellen. Um She's great. She's great. And it was crazy. And she's so like clean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like she's so clean. That's hard, man. You know what I'm saying? Like that, hard. yeah. Like it's she's hard. funny and she's clean as hell. Like, it's you know hard, what I'm saying? Man. So like yeah. it's hard to do like clean comedy and be great. But yeah, I love Ellen. And Sarah right. Silverman. I gotta throw okay. her in there. All right, cool, cool, cool. Respect. So mine, Chappelle's number one. Yeah. All right. Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, Bernie Mac. Yeah. Say like, Bernie Mac was the first vlogger. What do you mean? The Bernie Mac show. He was oh, the that first was like vlogger. vlog style. He was talking to the camera. <laughs> that was like, yeah, that was like, I think, didn't they have like the little video yep. overlay? Like it was like a home video type shit. America. Yeah. yeah, he was talking kids. to America. That's and he facts. was cockeyed looking yeah, at this side. That's this facts. Side. No, I I really took the Bernie Mac show for granted I love when that I was show, when it was. Man. I didn't like it when it was on because. 
I'm not gonna lie. I didn't like Bernie Mac when I was a kid because I was like, this nigga's too me. He's too aggressive. You know what I'm saying? But like, I got oh, older oh and I actually like, listened to what he was saying and like how the aggression played into it. Yeah, he's hilarious, bro. It's too funny. I remember one of the lines. He was like, there was an episode when they um the heat that the AC didn't work and it was like in the middle of the <laughs> classic summer. episode. Classic and episode. And he was like, man, I thought he makes kids slow down. I guess if they kiss from hell, they used to the heat. <laughs> It's Yo, too funny. No, that show is so funny, dog. No, yeah. but Bernie, Bernie is funny, bro. Stand like, up. like you yeah. said, Kings of Comedy. Yeah. Milk and cookies. Yeah, milk and cookies. Milk and cookies yeah, he's man. dumb, bro. The, so, the whole motherfucker bit at the end, bro. Yeah, Bernie. That was Bernie's actually that Def guy. Jam. That was Def Jam, Bernie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Def Jam, Bernie. Yeah. But Chris Rock. I mean, Chris Rock for the fact that he, the Chris Rock show. I mm-hmm. love that everybody hates Chris. Yeah, everybody hates Chris. Was good. That was, that was quality. Um, it's it's interesting because like that was funny, but it, it's, it's crazy, man. A lot of these shows for me were like before the time that I was watching them. Like gotcha, I didn't appreciate gotcha. everybody yeah, hates yeah, Chris yeah. in the moment, but like I love it now. You know what I mean? It was funny because like it just gave you an insight into it. Like he had really funny punchlines, but they were like they were just so subtle. Yeah, just, yeah. You, okay. His like his thought. His, like, his thought. thought yeah. His thought was like somebody would say something. A character would say something. Then he would just have would like just a quick it. witty thought. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a well written show. Real, that was a well written show. show. Yeah. So that that's was that four. You know. My one of my personal favorite Dio Hughley. I feel like Dio Hughley is hilarious. That's where I'm gonna have to disagree. Nah, man. I've never, I've like even to this day, I'm like, uh, Dio. Like, I mean, whoa, don't get me wrong. I respect like yeah, the fact yeah, that yeah. he is one of the kings of comedy, and like you know, yeah. so I respect like because I, I, you can't. I, I'm never gonna be that person that like looks at somebody that has a 20 year career and, and be trash. like, he's not good. Yeah, because no, like, yeah, no, you can't course. last yeah, that long no. and be trash. But like, his comedy's never really resonated with me. I've never that's thought comedy, of him as like dude, great. Like, you know, it's it just yeah. some stuff hits, some stuff doesn't. Yeah. I think um, you got you got any like honorable mentions, like any other people that you just got to put up there. I mean, you got La- your five. But Lavelle like, Crawford is funny. Lavelle Crawford's good. Yeah, I mean, Aries Spears. Yeah, yeah. The T Kirkland. Um, shoot, who else? I like Trevor. I mean, like in terms of the co- contemporary people, mm-hmm. I like Trevor Noah. Um, man, I feel like I'm. You know, it's just like whenever you're, you think of, of these you're, gonna, you're gonna miss yeah. somebody, yeah. dude. So it's like it's when you said Trevor Noah, it made me think of uh, John Stewart, who I like. John Stewart's really go. good. But um, I the uh, Aziz, I like I like Aziz. I'm sorry. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, like the the art of stand up is something that I can just watch. Like I just be watching Netflix specials, bro. Yes, <laughs> you know what I'm yes, saying? Like no yes, names. Like yeah. you you, uh, you fuck with Gerard Carmichael, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched his Jones yeah. on HBO, yeah. which are good. He's he's a young do too like as far as like um because you know when you think of like the uh i guess the the powerhouses of comedy or whatever yeah. it's usually like older, older folks guys. you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah, and like been... people really like hone in on their craft and stuff like that as they're older you know what i'm saying like yeah. like we're calling dave Chappelle the best of all time and he just like put out probably <laughs> his greatest stand-ups in the last like three <sighs> years you know what i'm saying like bro, so like sticks and ri- stones one was yeah yeah bro comedic, like all those everything on netflix genius. is like primo bro everything genius. on netflix is primo like it, like from beginning to end I don't know man He's a fucking genius dog. Like there, I, there's not There's never been a time That he had a microphone In his hand And he didn't like kill You know what I'm saying Stop, It's very interesting bro yeah. Like it's very interesting But um Yeah like with Gerard Carmichael He's like a younger guy But like As far as I, Cause I was listening to him On a podcast And 
the person who was interviewing him has like interviewed. So I listened to the Tim Ferriss podcast and like Tim Ferriss interviews a lot of like high performers. Yeah. And when he was doing like his little intro, he was saying like how all of these like comedic heavy hitters fuck with Gerard Carmichael and he's like so young. So that's like so rare. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I so I was like, oh, let me see. Because like I've seen him in like shows and stuff like that. I thought he was OK. So I'm like, let me see what this guy's talking about. And I watched his journal on HBO. I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, uh, he's somebody yeah. that kind of sticks out. But um, yeah, there's a lot of women, com- female comedians that I love too. Like Ellen, I said, Sarah Silverman. Um, how you feel about, uh, what's her face? Um, the the, the uh, Amy Schumer. How you feel about Amy Schumer? Funny. Yeah. Funny. I I, I feel like funny. people are hating on her in nah, this, in this time. Like, yeah, she's, she's funny. funny. After that whole like Monique thing when yeah. everyone's like, well, how did, how did Amy Schumer get? I'm like, dog, Amy Schumer's fucking funny, funny dog. Funny. Like, please don't disrespect her. She's funny as hell. Like, Lunell is funny too. Lunell. Oh, uh, well, with the short hair? Yes, yeah, she's Lunell's funny as hell. Funny. Who did, I saw Adele Givens at uh, at the Martin Jump. Adele Givens. I can't, she's in, she, you would know her if you saw her. I don't know. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, nah, I you saw her face, you would probably know her, but she she was she killed. I saw she did like maybe 30, 40 minutes Damn. um at the jump with uh with Martin and like I was laughing from beginning to end. Nice. She it's 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 funny. Um yeah, I like yeah, I just like comedians that can just like they can they can tell stories that's, and they can like yeah. hit a chord, bro. That's, like that's, that's, Amy that's, Wong, like she's good. She's, like yeah. it's very interesting when someone who doesn't look like me mm-hmm. can make me like laugh and I can resonate with their comedy. You know what I I like mean? Hassan Minaj too. He's Hassan, just, I love Hassan. Yeah, he's he's fast though, man. Yeah. He's like super twitchy. Like Yeah, yeah. I wish he would do more stand-up. Like yeah. I mean I guess like his show on Netflix, yeah. it's got a stand-up aspect to it. But um that uh that uh what was it? Uh what was that homecoming or homecoming kid? You know, you saw the John Netflix. I know, yes, I know what you're yeah, talking about. When yeah. he was like in his home of California, that yep. was really good. And yeah. I liked how he touched on the first generation aspect. You know what I'm right. saying? Oh my God. Oh my God. Somebody I have to put in my top. top I know, I know already yeah. been six. You know who John Mulaney is? Say that again. John Mulaney. Nah, man. Bro, John Mulaney is so funny, dog. A, uh, he's like this skinny white guy, and he's like, bro, like. His comedy is so funny. I'm like he's so good. Up. He's got like he's got a bunch of stand-ups on Netflix. And I watched uh the first one I watched was like New in Town. It was okay. it was called New in Town. That jump was so good. Then it was like another one called like The Comeback Kid. Like mm. he's good, bro. And he's he's got you ever seen that show on Netflix called Big Mouth? No. So there's a show on that. It's like a cartoon, um, but he plays one of the characters, but it's pr- pretty popular. That's why I brought it up. But no, John Mulaney is hilarious, bro. But he's, you like, by the look of him, you wouldn't think he's like that great. You know what I mean? Right, he's just right, like this like regular looking white guy. He like, part of his shtick is that like, he's like, people think he's gay, you know what I'm saying? But he's not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, he's so funny, bro. And he's so good. You like Bill Burr? Yeah, I was, I've been watching. Oh. I've been on Bill a Bill Burr kick lately. I watched like three of his standups in the last like three days. I, I'm just surprised that we didn't mention Kevin Hart. How do you feel about Kevin Hart? I like because <laughs> I'm old, not surprised that we didn't mention. Yeah, it. I liked his older yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was just that's what I was about to say. Newer stuff, not yeah. Not that's so exactly much, what man. I was about to say. Like, I, think I it, loved him, um, grown little man, and yes. like. Um, What's that? Laugh at my pain. Laugh at my pain. Although, yep. like, this first like three or four were great. Yeah, I, um, I don't like him mainstream. I just don't. I think just it goes back to the relatability. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, you, in the content, it wasn't really that relatable as I guess as it got bigger and mm-hmm. bigger. Like, that's what really stuck with me in the beginning. Like, yeah. you know, he's talking about his kids. Yeah, and, yeah, know, yeah. Like that stuff really like I loved it. it I think I just lost funny. interest in him. Like, yeah. in like 
I think I just lost interest in him because like I, I haven't even seen his last like two standups. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he had one that came out on Netflix. He had a show. He had like a little six docu, like a six. He had a documentary. Yeah. I didn't even like. I didn't even watch. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but the thing is, don't get me wrong. I, I loved him early yeah. on. I just, yeah. I'm just, I don't know. He, he didn't, he didn't keep me. You know what I'm saying? Same. No, no. Yeah, I, and I think me. that sentiment is shared by a lot of people. Yeah, you know? yeah. But that's, it's comedy, that's, but that's the thing. thing. Like, it's hard to. Do like, but also like he's killing it. He doesn't need me as a fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need me like as a fan. Like he's he's got more fans than ever. He probably he got the need, most fans of any comedian. He doesn't need either. Of us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Straight up. So like yeah. that's cool. Um, okay, so we got the tops. Next question I'm gonna ask you is if you look at a character, um, a fictional character in any landscape, books, movies, TV show, anything like that, yeah, that resonates with you, that or that you resonate most most with, who would that character be? Oof. Man, this is a heavy hitting question. Yeah. A fictional it usually character. takes people a little while. Fictional character. Uh, it, 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 I would like for it to be fictional, but it don't gotta be fictional. Like if it's Muhammad Ali or Malcolm X or anything like that. Like if you, if it's a character, a public figure, fictional or non-fictional, that you resonate with, who would it be? Oh man, I would have to say this is because it's like I'm trying to think. When I was younger mm-hmm. and I was really into, you know, fiction and stuff, like, who would I... Who did you want to be? Who did I want to be? But then, <laughs> yeah. like, as I look at it now, it's like, okay, who I was there is not it's who a I was. Kid. It's yeah, a different, different person, person yeah. right? I mean, I really... This is going to sound weird. I really loved Harry Potter. Really? Yeah. That doesn't sound weird at all. Everybody loves Harry Potter. <laughs> no, but, like, I liked... I liked you like Harry. <laughs> I like Harry, right? I like Harry up. and just, like, just... I like the fact... I think the one thing that resonated with me about Harry was that... He was always prepared to put other people first. Like he mm. was the ultimate leader. And you know, me being the firstborn, I've kind of been always thrusted into a position of leadership in the home and then outside the home. So I just I remember just reading his stories and just seeing how he was always just like ta- like he took it upon himself yeah. to be, you know what I'm saying, the the person to get stuff done. And I I liked it. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um last question <laughs> a before wizard. we get out of here. Wizard, straight up. I've, I've been hearing that term used a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like people calling themselves like a little wizard, wizard or yeah. whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, that's so that's very interesting. Uh, yeah, last question before we get out of here. If you had like a billboard that you could put a message on um, to get to like the masses, this reminds me of. Do you watch Jesus and Mero? No. Oh, the rainbow. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, I do watch it. What okay, am I talking about? I do watch Jesus and Mary. I love so Jesus and Mary. So now they're on Showtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have I like love, a neon. I love they have the neon scene. They have the neon scene. They are so hilarious. funny, bro. I love them. I don't know why I said no. Yeah. I actually tweeted at him and he, and he responded. Really? I tweeted a picture of a dude that looks smack like him really? at the Apple Store. Really? Which one? Jesus or Meryl? Meryl. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yo, I didn't know you was out here hustling at the Apple Store. And he responded with a funny with a funny tweet. So that was that was pretty funny. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. But yeah, I do watch that show. But yeah, same thing. Like, had a message. That you can put oh, out there um, to either represent you or what something you want people to think about or like care about or whatever it is. Like, what message you put out there for people to see? Uh, t- tough times don't last, but tough people do. Oh, that's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. Simple and sweet. To the point, less yeah. is more. Nah, facts. <laughs> that could be on there too. Facts. Less, less is more. Nah, facts. I, I really love that too because. Um, Kind of going back to what we were saying about yeah. like failure, resilience, all that stuff, like all that type of stuff, like literally, and even in what we're doing creatively, like what we're striving for, it's yeah. really just about like 
continuing to do it, bro. Like it's a process. It's crazy. It's like, but no one can stop you, but you, the moment you decide, the moment you decide to stop is when it's over. You know what I mean? Like just because people aren't watching doesn't mean it's over. Like if you make another video tomorrow, then it's still going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like that's facts. But the thing is too, like, it's like peaks and valleys, like you said, bro, like peaks and valleys. So it's like, if you're able to withstand like the down moments, there will be a, 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 a up moment coming. Like it's always yeah. coming. You just got to be able to withstand. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yes. yes That's really yeah. interesting, man. Um, I really appreciate you coming through, bro. This has hey, been man. a really dope conversation. Oh, I appreciate I the opportunity. really man. enjoyed myself. Um, let people know real quick, like where they can find you, where they can keep up with you and all that type of stuff. Yeah, man. Instagram, uh, homegrown immigrant, one word. Uh, I'm on Twitter under black men, right? Trying to, you know, give a new definition to BMW. Mm-hmm. You feel me? <laughs> Facts. Facts. <laughs> um, and then I'm also on YouTube. Uh, for I'd say so, like, comment, and subscribe to Straight the channel. <laughs> that's, you your know, blogger, that's, uh, that's your blogger. That's your blogger. Hey, guys, welcome back to my channel. <laughs> notification button. Straight up. Turn me on. Turn me on. <laughs> Straight up. Um, anything else you want to close with? or? Um, nah, man, just keep doing what you're doing, dude. Appreciate like, it, man. You know, like, we just need more spaces and more avenues for for you know creatives that look like us and talk like us for and sure. come from where we come from to be able to put this stuff out there, man. For sure. Oh, shit. and pray often. Pray often. Check, check out pray for often sure. clothing. Where can pray, we find them out? Where can pray we find often them? clothing yeah. on Instagram. Uh, it's a great message, and you know everybody can everybody can resonate and support it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Thanks again, man. I appreciate you, bro. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. What's good, folks? This is Mech again. Uh, before we go, I just want to thank you again for listening to um, this episode of This A Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please let me know. Hit me up on any of the social media channels at itsnation.com. That's at itsnation.com, D-O-T-C-O-M spelled out. Hit me up there. Let me know how you felt about this. If anything in this episode resonated with you definitely save it listen to it again um i do that with podcasts all the time share this you know what i'm saying let your let your homies know about it again check out everything that we got on itsnation.com and we really got a talented team putting dope content together on there and again if you are interested in getting your podcast off the ground or uh, chopping it up about podcast ideas you know what i'm saying you want your voice to be heard anything like that hit me up uh, this a podcast at gmail.com that's this a podcast at gmail.com and we can definitely rap about it uh, but again man thanks I appreciate you guys for fucking with the brand <laughs>